What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Rain is not your father. I'm your father, Dominic. I'm your father. Enjoying the ride, Randy. You son of a bitch! You're fired! What? Because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesday. Well, you, you're going to see what it's like to be my worst enemy. I know, I know, I read, I read. By the Folks, way. what the hell? What the hell exactly does "ruck fools" mean? <laughs> There's milk all over the keyboard. I don't know how to look something up on the Google. I've been using Ask Jeeves for the past ten years. I've gotten so much milk on my keyboard, I, I get electrocuted every time I press barbecue sauce. W cow. <laughs> w cow. Dot ow. Welcome. To the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. We are finally here, the Royal Rumble 2005 review. It's a quad tearing time. I'm Levi, joined as always by that big juicy Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, uh, well, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Could be better, but, you know, right now in the moment, I'm fine. That's good, man. I'm glad you're fine, at the very least. Wiki, wiki, wild, wild west. That's all I gotta say. And of course, as always, to my left, it's that good old Jake R. It's one take Jake back in the booth. How are you doing, good sir? Oh, I am a box of fluffy ducks. Thank you for asking. Was it Jim West? You don't want none of this six gun in this for the fun of this. Buffalo Soldier, yo, I thought I told ya. Wiki, wiki, wild. Wiki, wild. Wiki, wiki. Wild, wild west. Levi, how are you? I'm sick. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, it starts Annie Damsel's distress. It turns out dress when they meet Jim West. You gotta continue the rap, Levi. Oh, I don't know That's what, what we're doing. I didn't know Test what rap y'all were chest. doing. I'm sorry. What Test your chest, Loveless. <laughs> okay, what how old are you, Levi? Uh, I'm 29. 29. So you're like like three years younger than me. I'm gonna be. I guess technically. You were like five when Wild West came out. With Will Smith? I, I remember the trailer. Mildly passed. I saw it in the theaters. I had the I got the sunglasses from Burger King. Oh, cool. <laughs> I saw it on VHS. <laughs> I got the Artemis Loveless toy from Burger King. Anyways, guys. <laughs> it's all Wild this week for Wild Wild West cast. Join us next week. 
Wild, We're going to discuss list. another movie with a giant spider, Eight-Legged Freak, starring oh, David Arquette. Okay, I did Arquette. see that movie in theaters. <laughs> yeah, and you were all like, oh, mommy, I'm scared. I'm going to pee my pants. The only thing I remember about that movie, one, the trailer where David Arquette's like, Eight-Legged Freak! <laughs> I remember there was a Flash game. But there's like this woman on like a dirt bike in the movie, right? And like dudes are like, I bet she wears a thong. <laughs> okay. That's like all I remember about that movie. I bet she wears a thong. Yes. Well, folks, around this time, the, 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 the Cisco song, the thong song was popular. <laughs> so thongs were quite in the media. Eight, eight-legged freaks is in the timeline. So too. What month? I don't know. Jamie, can you pull that up for us here on the Joe Rogan show? Yeah, hey, hey, uh, young Kyle, look that up. Pull that up. Kyle's not going to pull that up. Nah, yeah, I got something you can pull up. Oh. <laughs> Royal Rumble. Oh, 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 July 17th, 2002. Dang, that just We're Almost passes. on the 21st anniversary. <laughs> Well, I think you guys are just a couple freaks, to be honest with you. Hey, Bob, you're talking freaks. about you're talking so much about Wild West and eight legged freaks. Why don't we talk about the Royal Rumble 2005? Oh, but I was gonna Whoa. say a joke. I was gonna say you guys are three legged freaks. <laughs> Lol. Anyway, Thank but yeah, the- <laughs> I ain't no freak. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Royal Rumble 2005. It took. Place January 30th, 2005 in Fresno, California at the Save Mart Center at Fresno State. Save Mart, yeah! Wow! You guys have any Save Mart memories? (laughs) I went to the Mart and I saved. Oh, good job. Sounds like something you do there. I I myself have not had the pleasure. I try to stay out in Northern California. I don't know. I I, I just just shop at the Save-A-Lot and the Walmart. I, yeah, save a lot. There you go. There you go. In the ghetto. In the ghetto. I feel like save. I feel like save Mart. You would like. It's a kind of place where you like. They initiated. Like they were the first place to do membership cards, and then like Safeway and Ralphs and all that took it over. And they're and they're like, well, we were the first to do it. So this is the original. Bro, original you know, I keep my Albertsons card on me, dude. I keep that thing on me. <laughs> But yeah, it maintains uh, its name. I don't. I use my phone number at Kroger. Oh, well, same. Yeah, same idea. <laughs> yeah, Always enter my phone number. Yeah, whatever. Keep that thing on there. That MF thing. Thing for you. No. One, two. Is this on? No. <laughs> but Save Mart Center, it maintains its name to this day. So I always think that's really cool. It's always sad when a staple center becomes a cryptocurrency arena. Well, they're getting shut down, so it might not be that for long. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Oh, I personally am vying for the Danny King arena. I, I think I would like the Kids Bop arena. <laughs> Shut up, Cobra. Uh, we have an attendance <laughs> tonight of 12,000 with a capacity of 16,182. So we are jam-packed for the Royal Rumble. We have a buy rate on pay-per-view of 575000 so lots of interest in the show. Our theme song tonight is Find the Real by Alter Bridge. 
Guys, what do you think about Find the Real? I didn't mind it. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Uh, it reminded me of like uh, uh, just a lot of rock and roll music I would just hear on the radio around high school time. On 1029 yeah. The Buzz. Yeah, it had it had the 1015 K-Fly sort of feel to it. A lot of had all the weedly wees and the doodly doos that made you go, yeah, this is music of the time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like just those like squealy guitars, like you know, and then the way the guys the way the guy sings, I swear, like a lot of guys sing similar. Hey there, I'm a singer. It's what happened. It's what uh, Kurt Cobain did to the music industry, and now everybody wants to do with the bravado. Well, it's like it's that post-grungy like thing, but it's different. It's like. I don't know how to. I don't know. We probably all sound like crazy schizophrenic types right now, but maybe like, I'm the one. Maybe I'm the one who is. Schizophrenic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like. I mean, I mean, right it's like now, they're trying to. They're out. trying to sing very loose. I guess that's how you describe yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, for hey sure. There, I'm all to the bridge. I'm singing my dumb song. <laughs> hey, nothing you can say. Nothing you can bring yeah, exactly. on my fucking face. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like nobody wanted when they sing the song. Like, you cannot close your mouth completely, you otherwise you yeah, don't it, sound laid back enough. If you can understand three consecutive words, the song will not go platinum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. You know, it's- Le- Levi. Levi. <laughs> I liked. I was about to say Levi's over there, just like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's pretty good. <laughs> but here's the thing: as as I'm listening to it and watching, you know, the fireworks go off and the uh, the West Side Story stage, as I should call it, uh, it just felt like a return to form. You know, we've had like such subpar theme songs that like this mm-hmm. new metal, lazy rock, whatever you want to call it, Kurt Cobain stuff. It just felt right to quote Lita. I, dang, I was gonna leave it alone. I was gonna leave it alone, but hey, this year is full of crazy leads. And you know, also, uh, it's not it's not lost on me that we have referenced Puddle of Mud on the next Royal Rumble review, uh, one year removed from <laughs> 04. Y'all, y'all remember the, their cover of that Nirvana song? Speaking of Nirvana. Boo! Yes, awful. It sounded like he was trying, like he was... Just it hurt. It hurt to sing. Like somebody is forcing them. Like we're gonna kill your family unless you sing this song. It's like every seven seconds he gets stabbed with a, a, a fondue fork right in the ass as he's singing. He's like, <laughs> I need it easy. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, we are sponsored tonight by PlayStation Two. Guys, what were you playing on the PlayStation Two around this time? Two thousand five. Oh. Probably like San Andreas and Metal Gear Solid Three. <laughs> Probably both those games back and back. I was uh, Gran Turismo Three A Spec, and um, I was also rocking Tekken Tag Tournament. I always wanted to play Tekken Tag Tournament. Only Tekken game I ever really had was Three, which is amazing, and whichever one was on the PSP, the first one. <laughs> Tekken's underrated. I'll play your PSP.
It has been a cornerstone of the WWE. A one-of-a-kind event. Unchanged, yet unpredictable. It has delivered some of the most memorable moments in wrestling history. And so tonight, the legacy continues. And now, Raw, SmackDown, and PlayStation 2 present WWE Royal Rumble. So we get an opening package, we're greeted with a countdown starting at the number five, and in between numbers we see flashbacks to past Royal Rumbles. For 17 years it has been a cornerstone, unchanged yet unpredictable. Very short, but I loved it. You know, I recall in our SummerSlam 2002 review that when you open uh, with a short package, it can entail a night full of awesome wrestling. Will that be the case tonight? Jake, what'd you think about this opening package? I liked it. You know what you're getting when you, you, give, you get the Royal Rumble, so it's not like we're surprising anybody. It almost does a little bit of a disservice to the other stuff going on in the show, just because it's like, yeah, this is the Royal Rumble, and you can tell, like, we'll get to it more as, as the show goes on, but, like, I feel like this crowd sat on their hands a lot during this show. What? Really? Yeah, I do. Like, I, I, I think, and like I said, I, I, I may be getting to it a little early. I think the Heidenreich match, like, that killed the middle of the show. And they didn't get back up until, like, halfway through the, the Rumble. You think the Heidenreich match is where they stalled out? I, I feel like that's where they, I feel like they really enjoyed that match. I don't. I, Interesting. I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like it was real quiet. Like, as soon as, like, as soon as Snitsky came out, everybody was like, ah, this is dumb. Everybody loves Snitsky, though. You love Snitsky. <laughs> I do. You want to see his big snitties. Oh. <laughs> and they kind of already out there for everybody to see. Like, it, it, it was the least sizzly of the more recent pay-per-views, which is kind of weird, considering it's Royal Rumble, it's big. But it was just like, hey, people get eliminated, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rumble, what the hell else do you want? Watch it. <laughs> Isn't that what JR said at the very beginning of the show? It's a rumble, folks. What do you want? And now, Raw, SmackDown, and PlayStation 2 present the Royal Rumble. So cue the pyro. We got a big, juicy set. Kyle, could you describe the set to our listeners? It was, it was weird. When the show started and all the pyro went off, Like my, my mind is like, pay attention to the set. You know, like, look at it. But I kind of couldn't because it was just so smoky. All I saw was like some tilted platform and that's it. I was like, what the hell is this? But uh, thankfully, once it all cleared out, he had a pretty cool stage. It's, uh, you know, a very New York kind of Brooklyn skyline. Uh, You know, it's got a big like fake Brooklyn bridge with a bunch of like fencing and cool like cityscapes in the background. And then just above that, you know, it's a couple Trons. Uh, It's West Side Story. Ah, well... I'm not familiar with West Side Story, other than I know people like to snap in it. It's trucks and the Jets. Yeah, yeah, Jake, do you have an insight on West Side Story? 
I mean, West Side Story is just one of the the most popular and famous um, musicals of of this or any time. And yeah, it's it ain't no Hamilton, uh, <laughs> ain't no Hamilton, dude. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of the basis for for this whole deal. And the the thing that I would say is at the first couple times I saw it, I thought it was kind of cool. But then it got weirder as the show went along. Was the the weird chain link fence that the guys had to walk around? Like I thought that was a little a little weird because like at the first visual is like oh that's cool they're walking through the chain link and then you like can really start to measure guys like how tall they are by the time they get to the chain link fence. Like damn it, I hate knowing how tall everybody is. Do you guys recall the West Side Story Royal Rumble commercials? Mm-mm. This is like Thank the my, my dark period whenever I wasn't really watching any wrestling. So, I think I've seen them, but not during the time. So yeah, I, I you, think I, I think I had seen clips of it, but I, yeah, I'm not like crazy familiar. So I'm currently, tell us, Levi. Well, I'm currently sending in our group chat the commercial for the Royal Rumble, and it's polarizing. Some people really love these commercials and remember them fondly, and some people just hate them and don't know what to do with them. So uh, I want to know what you guys think. It's it's pretty weird. All right, Jake's live reaction. Alright. <laughs> yeah, big show. Yeah. There's gonna be some troubles tonight. A very royal rumble. That's right. We'll step into the ring. We'll reach an understanding. When the smoke is clear, you're the last man standing. <laughs> I love it. This is amazing. I'm gonna settle every score tonight. Very goofy. Like, I'll be real, I'm not sure how well it works as an advertisement for the Royal Rumble, but as an, a weird ad for WWE, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's entertaining. I, I like, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm confused as to why we've got John Cena singing, you know, I, I, Rumble, like, it, essentially. I feel like, and this is obviously like a theme that's going through the show, like, 2005 in hindsight isn't this kind of like when they really started to push like oh smackdown versus raw that's what this kind of all gives me the vibe of and that's kind of at one point how the rumble went and then also we get smackdown versus raw the video game this year so there's that too Uh, and then we also (laughs) get smackdown and raw versus terrorism but we'll talk about that later smackdown and raw beating an italian man (laughs) calling him something else but yeah i i didn't know what to I didn't get the reference <laughs> when I was watching this live. Um, and still, I yeah, still I'd, to this I'd imagine day, a kid being like, what? Why, why is Ric Flair in a wig? <laughs> to this day, I don't like, I didn't, I haven't seen the movie or whatever. Uh, so it's still, have you played the video game at least? The video, <laughs> the West Side, West Side Story, Story the game, video game for the PSP yeah, tie in for the Wii. It's a dance game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man, sad to say no, I have not. But um, <laughs> the telling line by Vince at the end there was, uh, that's not the rumble I had in mind. Oh, man, how true did that come to be? <laughs> For real. I just looked it up, and um, West Side Story, the game, got a 38 on Metacritic. Wait, yeah, this is a real game? No. No. Oh. I mean, yeah, Levi, you I better mean, yeah, go Levi, search it out. Yeah, go, I mean, go with the Wii, you copy. never know. You never know. Go to go to Texas the pawn shop near you. And buy a <laughs> Texas the pawn shop. And it's massive. It's fifty thousand square feet of pawn. 
So, real quick side story. My dad was in Texas. Wait a second, wait a second. If you're going to tell a side story on this show, Kyle has to do the intro. All right, Kyle. Um, I guess ruthless aggression, Jake's side story. (laughs) My dad was in Texas, and he has long hair because he doesn't give a crap about society. And so he went into a pawn shop, and he wanted to buy a rifle, went to another pawn shop, and the guy, he's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go back and get that gun. He's like, yeah, they won't sell it to you. He's like, why? He's like, because they think you guys are a couple of California homosexuals. <laughs> oh what? <God. laughs> couple of California homosexuals. You know, okay, one thing I'll say. Te- Texas, you know, this is Kyle shoots on Texas. Um, <laughs> for all the, don't California my Texas. Sure are a lot of rich Texas assholes moving in and taking land in Tennessee. You oh, know, it's totally not the same thing, but you know, whatever. How did no you know Texas I was moving Texas. there? <laughs> Yes, it is. Like, Nashville is getting gentrified as fuck. Like, John, his next-door neighbor, and, and like, he, they didn't live in, like, a great house in a great neighborhood, but, like, they, you know, modern renovated it up and sold it for $800,000 because it's in the city, and now some jackass Texas millionaire lives next door, so that's fun. Jeez. I work the oil line 80 hours a week, dude. Yeah, we work this line, and I point to my cock. <laughs> I did that for our, our audio listeners. You're not seeing the video cast, which is exclusive to my OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash Big Juicy Kyle. Mm-hmm. All that to us say. on video. The only difference, it, it's all this. It's the same audio podcast, but it's me on video and my penis is out. So you get to see everything. <laughs> anyways, anyways. All that to say, um, I like the set. <laughs> yeah, anyways, how do we get on this? We're talking about Texas or something stupid like that? We were talking about Texas dickheads. And oh, yeah, people. yeah. So, Levi, <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> Dude, shut up before I buy a mansion in Tennessee. <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> hey, why don't I take my unemployment from Seattle and buy both your houses? Ooh. <laughs> don't buy my house. I just moved here, dude. My mansion. That's not Tennessee. my problem, dude. Matches between Edge and the Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. I mean, you know you're getting a treat when this is the opening match. Long gone are the days of Bubba Ray Dudley opening the show. Bizarre. I think he's got one more show, and then we're done with him, and he's main eventing that show. How about that? He's really? one too many. Then he's TNA's problem. <laughs> As Brother Ray. <laughs> Like, it's it's really weird, though. Like, I I actually, I, I swear I hear people say good things about their, their first run in TNA. But, I don't know. <laughs> After watching all of this, it's hard to believe. Well, you can only go up from this point, right? But anyway, we're, not, not, so. enough about the Dudley boys. Oh, my gosh. My dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dating back to Taboo Tuesday, Edge has been beefing with Shawn Michaels. 
Edge believes he's been screwed out of World Heavyweight Championship opportunities left and right, and all at the hand of Shawn Michaels. He took his opportunity at Taboo Tuesday, he took his opportunity at New Year's Revolution, so Edge will duke it out with HBK here at the Rumble. So this has been building since October. Uh, we've had you know the back end of 04 to build this story, and it's coming along pretty good. Uh, you definitely get the sense that Edge hates Shawn Michaels. Uh, what do you guys make of their rivalry so far? It's Edge. It's HBK. Where could you go wrong? <laughs> no, but it is good stuff. Good stuff from what I see. And uh, a little bit of more good stuff when we get in the match. I I really like this um, because we're, we're starting to see, like, th- these are the sorts of matches that truly build the character that Edge will become like over the long haul of his career uh, because him being the ultimate opportunist, uh, you really start to see it. And, you know, when we get to the finish in this match, like that's, that's where you start to see him start to earn that reputation of being the guy who's going to be opportune and, and get the win when he can, not necessarily because he's better. As Sean enters the ring during his entrance, him and Edge start away with punches getting us underway. With this match officially official, Sean begins with a huge Spagingo to Edge. Sean clotheslines Edge over the top, skins the cat, and takes off his decorative entrance gear. Sean whips Edge and looks to attempt another Spagingo. But Edge hits HBK with a swinging neckbreaker. Edge fires away with punches, but Sean blocks and starts nailing punches of his own. Edge responds with an eye poke. Sean hits a Luthez press. That's Jake's favorite wrestler, if you remember. I don't mind Luthez. <laughs> and sends Edge flying over the top rope. That was a rumble match he would have won. <laughs> Sean goes for a baseball slide, but Edge evades and hits an Edge-O-Matic on the floor. I'm a big mm-hmm. Edge-O-Matic fan. He I'm a big fan of the of the baseball slide for the miss. Like I thought, I like I like the the back and forth. And there's there's a lot of elements of anything you can do. I can do better in this match. Mm-hmm. And the baseball slide was was part of it. I liked I liked that whole sequence of events there. I mean, Edge is trying to prove, you know, HBK. That's the has been kid. You know, he ain't got it. He ain't got it like I do. I'm not rated R, but he's not yet. <laughs> he, he, I'm rated PG thirteen. He's the rated G Nintendo Wii. What can I say? Edge with a huge hammer throw Irish whip puts HBK's back in peril as Edge creepily smiles. It's <laughs> good that creepy smile. That, that was kind of into a Seth Rollins laugh, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing more and more on Twitter how over people are of that laugh. Oh, they are over it or it is over. I wish it was over. No, they're over it. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, the WWE crowd's eating it up. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't I can't talk about the guy in the ring. I think he's good, but like, oh, man, I'm not nuts about his character work. But that's just me. <laughs> I think I'm just sick of, I think I'm yeah. just sick of Joker knockoffs. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Sting already did it. It's done. Well, Jake, there goes my idea to be uh, a Joker type of uh, character here on the Ruthless Crusher Podcast. <laughs> You're going to be like, hey, hey, Levi, what's the next match? How about instead of the next match? Uh, 
You're so chaotic. <laughs> Levi, go ahead and scrap the... Uh, we don't have enough society. <laughs> Dang, that was probably really loud in the microphone. I apologize. That was really loud. And, it, and I'm sorry that the... Uh, Begin the middle of my sentence got in the, the way of the beginning of yours. I'm sorry. I, I legitimately did not mean to do that. Sometimes uh, connection, like I make an assumption, and then uh, you just keep flapping your gums like Mr. Ed. I hate you. Nice, chill. We're we're a we're a friendly podcast here. What is all this craziness? No, I'm going to be a hill commentator and then make really bad hot takes on Twitter. No, I think that. AJ Styles isn't a good wrestler. Uh, don't you want to tweet at me? <laughs> uh. thank, you. thank you, Bix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, let's move on here. Um, I'll, I'll keep my hill persona on the side for now. <laughs> gosh, there's people that act like that. So weird. Yeah, so freaking weird. I just want to be a normal human adult male talking about wrestling with friends. I don't know. That's not possible in the IWC. There's no such thing as a normal adult male talking about wrestling. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) This is true. Oh man. Anyway, let's, is this a matter of, is this a matter of managing how off putting you are about it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Let's move on here. After a long rest hold, Edge whips Shawn Michaels into the corner. And Shawn attempts a spagingo. <gasps> but Edge lands on the apron and hits a hot shot to Shawn. Edge up top misses a huge crossbody. We get an Oklahoma roll by Shawn Michaels, only good for two. Oh, come on now. There's <laughs> Oklahoma in it. JR stands up, points his finger at the... at. Uh, Edge and just squirts milk straight in his eye from commentary. <laughs> Edge responds with a big boot called Sweet Chin Music by the King on commentary as a as a joke. Edge goes for a backdrop on Shawn Michaels, but Shawn counters in midair for a crossbody. I thought that looked really good. It did. Mm-hmm. I, I rewound that several times. I'm like, how does he just like turn like that in midair? Both men chop away at each other. Edge looks to attempt a spagingo as he whips Sean. Lots of spagingo attempts here. But Sean boots him in the face, followed by a sledge, as called by Jim Ross. Sean starts firing up as he nails Edge with an atomic drop, punch to the face, followed by another atomic drop. Them balls are hurting in a, in a butthole, presumably. <laughs> He's shattering his tank. <laughs> Oh, man. We get a big elbow to Edge, followed by knife edge chops. It's a lot of chops in this pay-per-view, I want to add. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a Royal Rumble, after all. I choppy, choppy. We get a flip sunset, only good for two on the pin. Sean catapults Edge into the post and rolls him up, but only good for two on the pin. Edge decides to leave the ring, so Sean follows behind him, and I swear to everything, when Edge leaves, there's a large man to the side of him, desperately trying to stay out of frame, but he's just failing miserably, and I swear no, it's Howard you, Finkel. Are you talking about, like, the, the big fat guy that's by, um, like, the corner 
like as it turns into like the, you know the ring kind of square area. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? I noticed him too. After <laughs> other matches, he's he's got his legs spread wide and he's like bracing himself against the barricade. Like, what is this dude doing? It's like, dude, you're not invisible. Like, you're just, just there. <laughs> I'll just lay flat. <laughs> I sw- dude, I swear that's Howard Finkel though. I couldn't get a good look at his face. I'm like that's Howard Finkel. <laughs> Which begs the question, why was he away from his post? <laughs> I didn't mean to get here. So what I need now from you guys is tell us what it was like when Howard Finkel got caught getting some concession foods and coming back to ringside and getting caught on camera and being scolded by Vince McMahon with Howard played by Jake and Vince McMahon played by Kyle and go. Okay, I, I need, I got my, got my red vines, got popcorn and soda and a rumble dog. Okay, and time for the colossal tussle to get. Just gotta get by Vince here in this care. That's my rumble dog. Vince, oh, me, Finkel. I'm gonna unceremoniously fire you and replace you. Vince, I, I, I just wanted to try some of our fantastic concessions so I could be a man of the people. You want to take your concessions and walk to the rig? First, you gotta no. kiss my no. ass. I don't want to be on camera. You're on camera kissing Vince's ass. Oh. And new. Spread the cheeks first. Oh gosh, thanks, thanks, fellas. Um, now, Jake, I need a uh, what it would sound like if Howard Finkel sang "My Concessions" Part Two. These are my concessions. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I, I thought I had all my rumble dogs. Just, <laughs> I can't, it's too good. I can't. <laughs> That's the best I can. I can't remember the lyrics of Confessions off the top of my head well enough to, to make fun of it. As like, these are my concessions. It's all I could think of. It's like the chorus, like these are my concessions. <laughs> and then, like, even in my head, all I hear in that song is I don't know what the words are. What the heck are you I saying? I, exactly. That's what I want to know. That's what I'm asking Usher. I only I only know part three. That's the only one I really know. <laughs> the Weird Al version. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Get out of here. <laughs> no, you can go get out of here. That's just funny. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> you didn't know it was a thing. Go I've... listen to Confessions Part One and Two, and then listen to Part Three, and I guarantee you laugh your ass off. Well, I've heard Part One and Two, but I've not heard Weird Al's version, so I, I will go. Have look you heard that uh, Trapped in the Drive Through? Yes, it's unbearable. <laughs> Ne- that one's never been my favorite. <laughs> I love I love Weird Al though. Um, oh, my my confessions part three I th- I say is a better song. Go seek it out. I will I will. Um, so let's continue on here. Sean snags Edge and brings him back ringside. Sean is laying in the Edge with chops when referee Mike Kyoto breaks it up to plead with both men to return to the ring. Sean briefly gets in the ref's face, and when he turns the corner, Edge manages to nail a spear on the outside, laying out HBK. Both men take a fortnight to return to the ring. Meanwhile, Edge is tuning up the band. He stomps his foot on the mat, measuring Sean with another spear. 
one, two. Sean kicks out at 2.9. I was shocked. I, I really thought that would be it. You shot off my bay. Ed shuts Sean up on the top rope. Both men duking it out when Sean headbutts Edge off, followed by his signature elbow drop. He hurts Edge so badly, he starts humping the air. Sean, that is. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I was like, I think what Sean was trying to do is like, he's supposed to be like having like a back spasm or something, but it leaves literally just going like, ar, 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 just humping, <laughs> humping the mat. As soon as I noticed he was doing it and was like, wait, I, the camera immediately kind of cut to a close up of his face. And I could tell him, I bet you in the back, they're like, no, he, he's fucking the canvas. You got to turn it out. <laughs> Sean was like, Howard spitting on my concessions. <laughs> so Sean he starts tuning up the band he goes for sweet chin music but Edge reverses into an electric chair drop I love that sequence that was very cool like what a scary move that is to take Being, I mean Edge is a tall guy just landing mm-hmm. like flat back like that so Edge reverses a roll through by HBK and manages to snap on the educator his reverse sharpshooter <laughs> Ooh, you guys a fan of the educator eh eh <laughs> I have here noted, he's pulling out all the Edge-named moves. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, if it was if it was something that was worthwhile, we would have seen it probably more than tonight. Sean manages to get to the ropes after many moons in the hold. After a sequence of quick pins, Edge grabs the ropes unbeknownst to the ref whilst pinning, thus giving him the three count and the win. And Kyle, let's start with you. What did you think about the match? I enjoyed it. It was a good opener, man. Just like Edge, HBK, both doing great work right now. I liked how it kind of started. Just like didn't even wait for Sean to finish his little little entrance. Just bam, right off. Like for me personally, I, I kind of wish Sean would have gotten a little more offense than in. But I mean, whatever. I guess this is more for Edge. And uh, Edge did well. Both like ended up looking great. Ended up enjoying it quite a bit. Want to see more? Thumbs up. I think it's um, this is one of those matches that you have to remember and you have to view through the lens of the time that you're watching it. Because, like, we as wrestling fans are accustomed to matches jump starting at this point. Like, it's 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 a surprise when they don't jump start. Um, and but viewed through the lens of 2005, like, that doesn't happen every match. Like, it, and so that was pretty. Pretty crazy to get Shawn Michaels fighting in his in his little his mirror pants, mm-hmm. and so like, I thought it was cool. I, I thought that this match had a lot. It was definitely a grudge match. There's a lot of heat to it, and Edge, like when Edge won, you could see the story that he was telling. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I actually did it!" Like he didn't even believe he was good enough to do it, which I, I think is a really good story. Also being told there. Thumbs up. Yeah, I say thumbs up, too. This match could have main evented any pay-per-view in the last calendar year. Uh, what a fantastic match by these two dudes. Edge is perfect when he's a heel. No more of that coming up from behind, like, fiery babyface crap. I just, he's not very good at it. Mm-hmm. I knock you out of this building, boy, cause I came to crush, kill, destroy, crush, crush, kill, kill, destroy, 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 crush, crush, kill, kill, 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 destroy, destroy, cr
Stage to Eric Bischoff or Burt Reynolds, Teddy Long. You really did. You really did look like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Christy Hemme and Tori Wilson by a hopper. So Eric is gloating about how great the match was that we just saw, and that proves why Raw is the superior brand. Ooh. Teddy Long claims that the Royal Rumble is the quote shizzle fizzle. And uh, can you guys translate that for me? Uh, the shit for real, I guess. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The, the shit for real. And claims that tonight will be like the past two years and that a SmackDown superstar will win the Rumble. So that pretty much tells you which show's wrestler is winning. <laughs> Eric says that doesn't matter because even if a SmackDown wrestler wins, he'll jump ship and challenge Raw's champion at WrestleMania. And Teddy wins the spat by saying, well, we'll see about that player. <laughs> yeah, way to get him, Teddy. It's like the argument's silly when anyone can jump ship, right? It's like, why do y'all care so much? <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have a draft, and then no one's going to be on the show they get drafted to. <laughs> a, a, a tradition that continues to this day. <laughs> we then see Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair enter in. Gosh, what a dream it is to see these guys together. Eddie is about to pick his number when Rick stops him and he goes, ah, 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 16 times, buddy. <laughs> That's good stuff. I love that. And Eddie's like, yeah, he got a point. <laughs> Rick gets the ladies to blow on his ball. No, no, not like that. Come on. No. Meanwhile, Eddie gets his ball. Rick is joyous when he gets his number, letting out the most robust woo you've ever heard. Eddie, however, becomes somber. Eddie daps up Rick and gives him a hug, wishing him luck. The ladies ask Rick what number he got. And he's more than pleased to share. He shows everyone in the room, you know, without showing the camera. And everyone's just got this confused look on their face. Teddy is like, are you sure you are happy about that player? And so, Rick, he takes a second look. He also makes a very strange noise when responding to Teddy. He kind of sounds like a machine gun. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. So Teddy, I don't recall any machine guns. Yeah. Well, Teddy's like, are you sure about that player? He's like, brah, brah, pick my number. Or something like that. I'll, I'll try and clip it in here. Something wrong? You sure you're happy about that number, player? Yeah, I know I'm happy about it. I think you better take a look, dog. I better leave my own number. Take a look. Uh, it's like one of those weird, like, flustered, he wants to say it, but he's running over his words type deals. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I need to go back and see that. Rick looks at the number, realizing Eddie has stolen his number. He shouts, Grow stole my number. That kind of sounds like Jim Ross. Jim, you don't get a number. Get out of here. And so Rick, he leaves to chase after him. We then cut backstage to... Heidenreich. Hey, caskets, man. This is so good. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm hating caskets. Every time Snitsky and Heidenreich get on camera together, they get, like, inches from each other's face. <laughs> it's like, guy love. Snitsky's, Snitsky's little, like, 
weird early 2000 rubber band beard thing that he's got going on. Like, it keeps, like, almost touching Heidenreich's chin to the point that you know it's tickling Heidenreich. But, like, they're both just sitting there going... <sighs> just... If they're not talking, they're just grunting into the at, into each other's face. Like, I hope both of them brush their teeth like right before <laughs> they do these segments because here's two big, sweaty, oily guys just groaning in each other's face. Like, slap the Brazzers tag on it and you'll get a different <laughs> review. <laughs> I mean, if you know if you know Snitsky in the future, I'm not sure he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> That's how you know they broke up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he was depressed. That's when he got all gross. <laughs> I lost Heidenreich. Lost my hair and now my teeth. I don't care anymore. <laughs> John, we'll call him, as they called him in the segment. John Heidenreich. He's freaking out. He's losing his mind when the right person comes along to take away all his troubles. And they say that a hero can save us. It's Gene Snitsky. I hear you don't like caskets, he says. Oh, and Jake, can you can you make this authentic by uh, doing replicating the breathing here? There you go. I hear you don't like caskets, he says. Heidenreich responds. Don't like them. I hate them. <laughs> But I do like you, John. Oh, I forgot about that line. <laughs> <laughs> that line is what knife. That's the best part. I forgot it. That's where the money is, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. He don't like caskets, but yeah. I do like you, John. Brazzers.com. <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I actually, today I ended up re-watching this show at work, and when this segment came on, I made sure, like, just to kind of, like, hunch over my phone. Like, <laughs> there they are by the, the water cooler. Oh, did you see Kyle watching Snitsky and Heidenreich be all creepy? <laughs> Yeah, like how like they know who it is. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not making fun of me thinking I'm watching like gay porn or something. They're just like this guy he watches Heidenreich. <laughs> Snitsky has revealed his true feelings towards his crush Heidenreich. You know, it doesn't get any more real in wrestling than using the unused first name. You wanna get personal with Triple H? Call him Hunter. What about Batista? You call him Dave. <laughs> And Bubba Ray, just don't call him late for dinner. <laughs> Heidenreich reciprocates the feelings and says, I like you too, Gene. And if you had a Facebook account in 2005 and were friends with uh, Gene Snitsky and John Heidenreich, you would have seen that their relationship status updated to in a relationship with each other. It's complicated. <laughs> and you notice they send each other several pokes. Heidenreich continues. But I still hate caskets. <gasps> Snitsky it's, says, it's I know, but I have an idea. Back at Survivor Series, the, the heavy breathing was a lot louder and more intense, filled with aggression. Now this, this was still loud, heavy breathing, but in a uh, sensual way, we, we should put it. Sensual. Taz quickly sums it up with, and I quote, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys yes, think? Yes, it was. Well, Jake, we already heard from you. Kyle, what did you think about this segment? 
as someone who had never, like, I'd never really seen this until we started watching it. It made me very uncomfortable. It's fucking weird, but I don't hate it. (laughs) So that's the good thing. It's just like, God, like this weird, like, Heidenreich, I'd only known him as, like, you know, generic, I'm bad, I'm going to beat you. Like, I had no idea about poetry, trying to be sensitive, Heidenreich, <laughs> until we we started getting into this. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm here to see where it goes. <laughs> I, like, I've said it now. Now I'll say it officially on record. Heidenreich and Snitsky are appointment viewing. I am here for everything that they do together. <laughs> So I was actually listening to Grill and JR today where they reviewed this show. And um, apparently, I think it was The Torch had reported on this, and they were trying to emulate uh, a scene from Oz. Did you guys ever watch Oz back in the day? I was just aware nope. of it. No. I, I, I know it exists. You know what I remember about Oz? <laughs> was uh, uh, that joke from Family Guy <laughs> where it's a bunch of dudes showering in in jail or prison and it's like scrub scrub yes. here scrub scrub there whether you're black or brown <laughs> a man can scrub <laughs> another man in the merry old land of oz actually you know what like that that was the show that i only knew about because i remember seeing like a poster for like the first season box set of that and the sopranos at like a video store when i was a kid and being like what the hell is oz i finally watched the first episode like a year or so back it's just a very serious prison drama, and it made me uncomfortable, so I have not watched any more of Oz. It's like you press play, and then Kevin Nash's face pops up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so JR, he, he had words about that sentiment, and uh, <laughs> he was like, they were just trying to play up on the fears of the audience. And their homophobia. It wasn't funny. It's not funny then. And it's not funny now. <laughs> so he, he had very strong words about this segment. I mean, like... I mean, it's two dudes being all sweaty and close to each <laughs> other. But, like, I mean, it's like it's weird. But, I mean, it's I don't think they're really going for anything necessarily sexual. I'd say, like, gold dust and... Spirit Squad are far more uh, attempting to be like, hey, hey, gay, am I right? Yeah. You thought the Spirit Squad was doing a gay thing? I mean, like, not directly like, haha, but it was obviously going for like, look at these guys, oh, <laughs> right? I see, okay. They might be kind of, you know, <laughs> am I, am I, you know, watch Triple H, please. is The Undertaker taking on Jake's favorite Heiden, Heidenreich. <laughs> I hate caskets, man. Hate caskets, man. ...has reigned supreme for so long. But things are changing with Heidenreich's dawn. His bell would toll and the time would draw near. Opponents' hearts tremble with uncontrollable fear. But there is no fear 
in the heart of Heidenreich, whose sole purpose for living is the destruction of life. Taker's beaten me once, but I got him twice, costing him the championship gold. Two triumphs for Heidenreich. Taker's never faced one quite like me. Twisted, depraved, at peace with insanity. I am not afraid of the Undertaker. I fear no man living or dead. Hide it right. Your final resting place has been chosen. At the Royal Rumble, you will rest in peace. I want you to witness firsthand what happens to those souls. You think they can look into the eye of the dragon? I'm not afraid of the Undertaker, but Caskis, I hate Caskis. I'll do anything to get out of that match. At the Royal Rumble, you will rest in Heidenreich has picked quite a piece of crap. <laughs> What's a piece of crap? This match. Hate it. Oh, <laughs> man. Really? Yes. It's time to rock it through. <laughs> man. Dang. Well, let's talk about the backstory at least. Heidenreich has picked quite the fight with the dead man. After their battle at Survivor Series, Heidenreich went into something of a mental breakdown. He left a match to ball up in the fetal position in the crowd, believe it or not. Next thing you know, Heidenreich is at the Funny Farm. He later emerged at Armageddon, as we remember, to cost The Undertaker the WWE title for a second time. While he's expressed fear in the past on the final SmackDown of 04, Heidenreich cuts a promo saying he's faced death twice and lived so he no longer fears The Undertaker. Or does he? <gasps> Undertaker responds via the dark side, saying, and I quote, I didn't like. <clears throat> Your final rest in place has been chosen. I'm gonna eat you. Some druids come out singing a creepy song, which sounds like, what, Jake? No, that's not, that's wrong. What a call, but rest in peace, Pepsi That would have been better. <laughs> rest in Pepsi Blue. Oh, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the lights go out. Dong. I heard this. I just want... 
Versus say whoa. And then Paul Bear comes out. See you going again. What could you possibly want? <laughs> he comes. He comes out. <laughs> comes out with a backwards hat and uh, like that dancer from WrestleMania 19 that was with Fred Durst. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine now, like Paul Bear coming out and being like, "Keep rolling, rolling, rolling." But he's rolling like the boulder from Indiana Jones. <laughs> he's, he's just chasing the Undertaker. Down no, Ryle. Paul Bear sings that first part right, but then Kane comes in with a voice box. No help at all, and no holds barred. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know that I could. <laughs> Little did I know that I would be scarred. I was all about. <laughs> How many times have I heard that commercial? <laughs> as, almost as many as our audience. Because believe it or not, as many times as I put that in the uh, podcast, I had to listen to it several times. Not because I was obligated to, but because I wanted to. It's what it's there for. <laughs> so um, let's continue on here. Uh, the Druids come out and they sing their creepy little song and they push a casket to the ring. They just sing a shitty knockoff Halo theme. Heidenreich looks petrified as he apprehensively opens the casket to reveal the Undertaker inside. I'm sure you've all seen the GIF. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if I type in Undertaker casket, it's probably going to come up. It's the first one, yeah. <laughs> Boom, there it is. <laughs> um, so Boom, nailed it. <laughs> hilarious, oh my gosh. So he stares down Heidenreich and Michael Cole questions. Does this mean the Undertaker has chosen a casket match? So I guess that makes this a casket match. Heidenreich actually had the opportunity to change the stipulation of the match. Teddy Long sanctioned a handicap match between the Undertaker and Heidenreich with Paul Heyman. If Heidenreich and Heyman won, Heidenreich would choose the stip. But... To no avail, as Undertaker, during the match, summons his druids to bring forth a casket. Heidenreich freaks out and tags to Heyman and bails. Undertaker tombstones Heyman and dumps him in the casket with a shipping label to OVW. Mm -hmm. Did Undertaker finally get revenge for Great American Bash? (laughs) (laughs) Because Paul Heyman went a long time without getting attacked by the Undertaker. Um... But during the promo package before the match, we get that wonderful yet ominous poem by Heidenreich. And I got to ask you guys, what did y'all think of the Undertaker poem by Heidenreich? Better yet, how do you feel about his phobia of caskets? Really? I think he's a big old bitch. <laughs> Dang. No, I, like, um, yeah, this, this whole thing is kind of silly. I mean, it's wrestling, so of course it's silly. But... In the sense that it's like, oh no, not a casket. Like, I I couldn't go up against this guy who's definitely a dead man. I I don't know. It's it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's silly Undertaker nonsense. <laughs> it's silly Undertaker nonsense. Listen, folks. Well, I did like how Undertaker referred to himself as a dragon again, consistently. Undertaker, that's his little known gimmick. Is is uh is his third American gimmick. dragon or fourth. <gasps> That was a Disney show around this time. American Dragon, Jake. Oh, he's fast. I, I thought, I thought Dan, Brian Danielson was the American Dragon. No, it was Jake. Uh, Long. No, he, he, <laughs> it was him. Him and Jake Long were in contestant like for it. I think 
Brian Danielson killed him, so now he is officially the American Dragon. Uh, People were not bragging. He's the American Dragon. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, it goes without saying, this phobia of caskets, like it feels like we're <laughs> grasping at anything to make Heidenreich like, good or like... You know, to get some sort of hold on him, but it's it's just not working. <laughs> I'll admit, Heidenreich, he's got a good look, but man, he just does not have what he's got. Like. A good look, and then the bell rings. <laughs> oh! During the Druid entrance here, Taz and Michael Cole take shots at Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, <laughs> and I thought that was so out of place. Taz says, "Oh, we like all all night." So and like antagonistic between the announcers, SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, they really try to push that, and, and like oh, we got we got Taz here ready for the Royal Rumble. It's like, are you ready for the Royal Rumble, son? It's showtime, folks! Boom, boom! Oh, God, I, I, I hate you, Taz. <laughs> Taz, you're a son of a bitch. Okay, Taz, get off the commentary. I hate you. Stop making jokes. I just want to talk about barbecue. Stay away from my candy jar. <laughs> Get away from my coffee machine, my candy jar, and my yellows. <laughs> and my blues, if you know what I'm saying, folks. Ooh. Yeah, I just I ain't been writing letters in a while, you know. I wore Ever my watch since, just in case. Jan died. <laughs> Ever, you know, since Jan left, things haven't been the same. Uh-huh. Taz says, Jerry Lawler mentioned how he was wanting a casket match. Yeah, yeah. Looks like he could go back in the casket, but that's another story. Oh, <laughs> got him. Michael, got him, Cole. Michael Cole then adds, Then again, there's, of course, JR, who could be placed in that casket. <laughs> I was just like, dude, what the heck? And I guess you're onto something, Kyle. I guess it was just SmackDown versus Raw. You know, the video game's out. You know, you gotta sell the game. So I don't, I don't know if it was just like, it was just coincidentally or if this is just the direction as like a whole for the company they're wanting but this whole pay-per-view feels very very smackdown versus raw dude Mm -hmm. when they had that one spot in the rumble inwardly i said smackdown raw now we fighting for to see who the champion is once more is it you with the signature move yeah i think the big giveaway was like when they when smackdown people and raw people faced off and then jr went God, it's SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> Sports entertainment will never be the same. Last night on Earth. Uh, anyway, that notwithstanding, uh, Taz adds, we're making friends with everybody. And uh, don't get me wrong, that was hilarious, but way to be unserious in a serious moment. <laughs> so let's get started here, for better or for worse. Undertaker grabs a side headlock as we are underway. Undertaker tips a hip toss, but it's reversed, whereas Undertaker nails one to Heidi, followed by an arm drag. Undertaker is, with all of his might, trying to force Heidenreich face first towards the casket as if a school bully is trying to give a kid a swirly. And trust me, I know. I tried. Oh. (laughs) I was unsuccessful. (laughs) Heidenreich escapes after two attempts of that and yells, Hey, stop it. But not in an angry way, but like a, like a stop bullying me kind of way. <laughs> Heidenreich nails a couple of shoulder blocks to the Undertaker, but his focus is divided between the dead man and the casket. Undertaker takes down Heidenreich and a big elbow to the knee. 
Undertaker hooks a single-leg Boston Crab, forcing Heidenreich to go under the ropes nearest the casket, thus running away once he escapes. There's a fan there at ringside who yells at him, saying, Heidenreich, you hate caskets! (laughs) That's what what you get, Heidenreich! Ha ha ha! (laughs) Heidenreich runs away, and the crowd start booing. Undertaker goes to Irish whip him into the casket, but Heidi reverses, sending Taker kidney first per Michael Cole into the casket. And I'm just like, kidney first, really? Watch out those kidneys. Because you know, like in boxing, if you get punched in the kidney, it hurts. No, Undertaker glued first into the casket. Undertaker pancreas first into the (laughs) casket. Jaker, he just hit it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> oh, now, Val Venus, uh, <clears throat> boner first. first. The... <laughs> <laughs> Heidenreich is now in control as he starts throwing strikes to the Phenom. Is this Ken Shamrock? I mean, he does. I don't know what he's doing. He's calling against the pure striker of The Undertaker. Very well said, Kyle. Not to be outdone, Undertaker grabs a mid-air triangle choke out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, he's an MMA man. Mamma. <laughs> that sounds like a disturbed lyric. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like Man Ray, but nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> or um, this was called a triangle troke by Michael Cole, and Taz made fun of him for it. Of course he did. He's like, triangle troke? No what one, you because, called it? Because Taz has never said anything wrong in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Undertaker has a hold of Heidenreich, Gene Snitsky storms the ring and attacks the Undertaker. And Michael Cole rebukes Snitsky by saying, "This is a SmackDown issue." <laughs> <laughs> the Bronze Lovers somehow managed to f up a <laughs> double suplex to the Dead Man, but in kayfabe, but connects. Like what I did there, not, not the Golden Lovers, but the, the Bronze. Yeah, the Bronze Lovers. You. They're not as good as Kota Bushi or Kenny Omega. I'll give you a Kissy Omega. I'll give you a Kenny Obushi. Oh, thanks. They start dragging Undertaker towards the casket, and Snitsky commands the refs to open it. So they do, and it's revealed Kane is in the casket. The crowd's Ooh. going nuts. Hey. Oh my God, it's Kane. Oh, there he goes. He's doing that pokey uppercut again. Cool. (laughs) Kane enters the ring unbeknownst to the bronze lovers, and Kane cartoonishly taps Nitsky on the shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how's it going? I'm Kane. Uh, I'm here to to joke slam you. (laughs) RVD, he pushed, he got too much into Kane. (laughs) Then Kane starts throwing hands to the weirdos in love. Kane sends both men out of the ring and furthermore sends Snitsky out of the arena as he kicks his butt through the crowd. Heidenreich starts pushing the casket away. Why? I don't know. His back is completely turned away from Undertaker, who sneaks up on him and pounds his head off the casket. (laughs) Heidenreich responds by sending Undertaker into the still steps. Heidenreich rips the black mat up, exposing the concrete, and then he... Excuse me. He then shoved the casket into the Undertaker, sandwiching him between the ring and the casket. I like that he's conveniently not afraid of caskets when he can hurt people, I guess. I was thinking the exact same thing. 
<sighs> he then, after a couple of failed attempts, gets Undertaker into a Cobra Clutch. That was brutal to watch him not get the hold in. Never. He seemingly knocks out Undertaker just enough to get him in the casket. Heidenreich goes to shut the door, but Undertaker gets the shoulder up, blocking the door from being shut just in time. Taker throws pure strikes to Heidenreich. Hikes him up by his tights. I thought we were going to get another Golden Thong Award winner there. That's later. <laughs> and gets him in the casket horizontally. With the casket resting on Heidenreich's back, Undertaker nails a guillotine leg drop on Heidenreich. The crowd chant, holy poop. Heidenreich tries to go house of fire. Undertaker tries to go house of fire on Heidenreich, but Heidenreich does a black hole slam. To which Taz is like, did Undertaker counter it? No, he did not. No, this is very sloppy. Yeah, that was re- that was really awkward. <laughs> yeah, the wheels have definitely fallen off by this point for Heidenreich. Mm-hmm. Take her back in the like, casket. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, at, th- at this point, like Undertaker is kind of just like the duct tape holding this together. Oh my gosh, yes. And, and you know, I'll get into this in the, in the match breakdown, but Undertaker did phenomenally in this match. He was moving around like a champ. So Taker's back in the casket, once again blocks it with a goozle. <laughs> Both men throwing bombs to one another. Undertaker, being the pure striker, wins the exchange. Taker goes for his signature running DDT and connects, but Heidenreich goes down way too quickly. He looked awful. Mm-hmm. He's just still so green, and he's been in development for like over two years. We see another example moments later when he gets choke slammed, but barely gets up for it. No, God, no. Undertaker had to do all the lifting on that. It looked like crap. <laughs> it was I a, thought afterwards Taker was legitimately going to drop him on his head when he did the tombstone. <laughs> it was a Hogan esque cell job, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Why, Levi? Oh, Hulk Hogan, what are you doing here? Why? Ew, would get you out do of here. That? You suck. I'm going to say the N-word, dude. No, no. No, no. Get no. him out here. Not again, by God. <laughs> Hogan's got the N-word. He didn't want it. Hogan's got the N-word. He just pulls out. I'm going to say it, dude. No. That was a hard R, folks. He hit her right with the hard R. <laughs> that's, his new, that's his new finisher. It's like a leg drop, but with spikes in his leg or something. Oh, man. He should have gone. He should, whenever it was around, he should have gone. That's a hard R, dude. He should have gotten a job at Control Your Narrative. That could have been his new finisher. The oh, horror. my gosh. Hulk Hogan with Control Your Narrative. <laughs> I like how, like, it was, like, so hyped up. Like, yeah, yeah, it's actually it's so cool, man. Fuck all you guys. And then as, <laughs> as soon as, uh, what's his name, gets Ron a WWE Stroman. contract, it's like, yeah, as soon as Strowman gets a contract, he's like, oh, anyways, this was fun. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, he's like, oh, I got to go get a contract because my leg's not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a doofus. Anyway. Undertaker hits the tombstone, rolls Heidenreich in, who doesn't immediately go in, oddly enough. He stomps him in, and he shuts the lid. Undertaker wins. I, I, I think, like, maybe Heidenreich was thinking, like, Taker was going to, like, kind of, like, stomp into him, like, Austin style, but it's like, dude, just get in the damn casket. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, there was a um, one of our patrons, Josh. Um, Hello. He pointed out that there was a moment in this match where Heidenreich is like dragging Undertaker to the casket and he goes for a pin 
I missed that part, yeah. so I can't speak you, on that, it. I forgot. That is, yeah, I weird. do. I remember that the the referee just kind of like puts his hands up, like, "What? Why? Why are you pinning him? You can't." <laughs> like, I, I it's one of those things where like Heidenreich kind of sucks so bad. Like, I've seen that spot done in matches where it's like you can't do it. Kind of like it's like their heels, they're desperate, they want to finish, they're not thinking straight. But like, I legitimately think he's just dumb. So <laughs> <laughs> he might be, man. Mm hmm. And so I think I have the most positive to say about this match. So I'll go first here. I'm going to say, and I might get, I might get some hate here. Thumbs middle pointed towards up and I can't hate on it, man. The crowd loved it. This match needed a gimmick to be successful. And this stipulation put it over the top. What brought this match down was the greenhorn Heidenreich. And he started out okay enough, you know, but as the match went on, it was apparent he was out of his element. And by the time Snitsky's gone, the wheels have fallen off. And he everything he did was awful. But Taker looked amazing through the whole match. So I give kudos to him. And the crowd enjoyed it. Uh crowd were on, you know, they're on fire for, for most of it. Um, so I can't hate on it, man. But, you know, Heidenreich brings it down. So middle t- towards up. Kyle, you want to go first? I'll go first because I feel like I'm going to be more positive than Jake. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with basically all of Levi. Like, I, I don't know. I was kind of going to this kind of like, you know, Heidenreich, he's weird. I'm, I mostly know him from video games, like the theme and such. So I was kind of like, okay, let's see what this guy has to offer. I know he's not going to be great, but he can't be that bad. No, he's that bad. But, like, I think it was kind of saved. It was like bolstered by just... Like you said, like the stipulation really helped. Like the casket match is always fun. They always have like a goal to work to. I think that helps that it's not just a straight up match. And, you know, interference and stuff was fun. Snitsky's great. And Undertaker really should uh, get props for really holding this whole thing together. <laughs> like, Heidenreich goes so sloppy, and Undertaker is basically just like, dude, okay, fine. I'm just going to be taking the reins on this, and we'll just get to the end. We're not and, talking uh, Luther, dude. <laughs> Overall, I think it wasn't terrible, but I mean, nothing, even like Undertaker didn't really save it from just kind of mediocrity, you know? So I just have to do it's a straight, just baseline thumbs middle. It was just, it was entertaining enough. It was there. There you go. <laughs> I don't like this match. I. <gasps> uh, kind of thought that this is where like I think this match kind of killed the crowd if I'm being honest. Um I know Levi seems to think that the crowd was hot for it. I think when Snitsky showed up, everybody sat on their hands and they just kind of waited until the Randy and Triple H match to pop up again. Um I think the I think uh the Undertaker did everything he could to make this match not suck, but even even the Undertaker is limited with some of his abilities. Uh Heidenreich was bad and it was obvious that he was being carried and when someone is is obviously being carried it's it makes it really really difficult to uh to enjoy. So for me it's a thumbs down. I did not think this was a good match. It's funny when you mention carrying like it's it's nuts to me. Like I think it's a show of how poor <laughs> dude's abilities are. Yes. Because recently I was wanting to throw like a pay-per-view on. I just threw on like Cobra go away, man. Anyways, I, I wanted to just have like a random pay-per-view on and um, 
I just threw on All In, you know, 2018 show, and they have the match between Christopher Daniels and Stephen Amell, the Arrow guy. And celebrity match, it's pretty good. You can tell Christopher Daniels is, like, holding him through the match, but the dude's committing and showing that he wants to be good and look good. So I have to wonder, like, what the hell's hiding from his excuse? Like, he just sucks. Like, period. And he just has no interest in getting better. <laughs> I think it's possible just watching him body-wise through the match, he had more muscle than he knew what to do with. Because, like, yeah. you watch him, for instance, get up for the tombstone. Undertaker is using all of his strength to hold this man up. Like, he has no yeah. idea how to make himself lighter. And just seeing him, like, fall out of the ring and stuff, like... He's his like a, timing is off. He has no he has no in ring mm, timing. Yes, yes. He does not have an ear for music, so to speak. He just <laughs> he's out he's out of his element. Is the easiest way to put it. Mm-mm. He's the type of guy who goes to the gym, lifts a zillion pounds for. God damn it, Cobra! Shut the hell up! <laughs> oh, poor Cobra. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. So, <laughs> next. Uh, Hey, stick around. We'll be back with some more Wiki Wiki Wild action here on the Ruthless Aggression Pod. Or, folks, maybe we won't. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right, I'm going to grab a drink. I'll be right, right back. Everybody's going. I guess I'm going to go now. Hello, my name is Eugene. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. But, but I think life is more like WrestleMania. Like, like in WrestleMania three when when Hogan picked up Andre the Giant and he body slammed him. Or, or last year at WrestleMania when, when Chris Benoit, he, he made Triple H step out. Oh. Or WrestleMania 14 when Mike Tyson punched Shawn Michaels in the face. He just ran back and boom! Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, oh no. Uh-oh. WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. Live Sunday, April 3rd, only on Pay-Per-View. Run, Eugene, run! <laughs> now that's what I call music. Volume 19 is here. Windmill, windmill for the 90s, everybody of the hottest hits from 20 superstar artists featuring Gorillaz, Coldplay, and Gwen Stefani. Now that's what I call music. 19 has 20 of your favorite hits, including Backstreet Boys and Three Doors Down. So let me go. Just let Turn around 
to order Now That's What I Call Music Volume 19. Call or order online at nowthatsmusic.com. 1898 plus 495 shipping and handling. Special edition now CD holder free with paid order. Rush delivery available. Rated M for Mature. Frank Hassel's family was brutally murdered in a mob hit. Now for the men that did it, there is no justice. There is no mercy. Podcast. We cut backstage to Eddie Guerrero, Teddy Long, and Evolution. Eddie has been found out and is being forced to return Ric Flair's Royal Rumble number. Teddy says, give him his number. And Eddie says, phone number? Which was hilarious to me. Triple H says, hand it over, jumping bean. And Eddie predetermined laughs at that. And I swear he mutters the word cracker under his breath. I gotta go back and hear that now. Yeah, I might have to go. Both audio and now. Enhance. Cracker. Cracker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eddie returns the number and Teddy says, Hold on. And extends his hand. Eddie daps him up and says, Slide me some skin. And Teddy what, says, Cobra, God damn. Sorry, I thought I was muted. <laughs> I don't know what this bastard's meowing so much about. Come here. Took my a, damn lap. Shut up. There's a dead body, dude. <laughs> oh, anyways. So Teddy says, Give it up. Continue, continue. Teddy says, Give it up, dog. And Eddie. What's hands- up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> my God, I'm fucking sick of this shit. Continue. <laughs> The real rivalry here is Kyle versus his cat. (laughs) Teddy says, give it up, dog. (laughs) And Eddie hands over Ric Flair's wallet. And Flair goes nuts when he finds that out. It's like, my wallet. Grail's got my wallet. (laughs) That was great. That That was really funny. So Eddie leaves and Batista says he's going to get his number. But Triple H takes exception, and he's like, We're going to go over my match. And Batista's like, MFR, I'm going to get my number, dude. And so they're nose to nose, which means they're about six feet apart because Triple H <laughs> has, nose that, humor. has that honker. And so uh, Rick Flair, he plays Peacekeeper, you know, team, Teast, and Trips, they dap up and reconcile. For now, we cut backstage to Christian, Tomko, and Eric Bischoff. Teddy Long interrupts, saying he got the Eddie Rick situation ironed out. Christian mockingly tells Teddy he just signed a petition to get Teddy kicked out as GM on SmackDown. And uh, for those that don't know, 
recently Carlito, started a petition to oust Teddy as GM. Would you sign that, Jake? Uh, at this point, yeah. Dang. I think I would. Why? I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of the suits, and I'm tired of I'm tired of tag team matches with the Undertaker. Oh, man. okay. Come on. I feel like that's been blown out of proportion at this point. I know. I'm being a, I'm being a little snarky, but at the same time, like you know, I mean, you know, I wouldn't sign that petition, Theodore. Even though you've blocked us on Twitter, but he blocked everybody. Yeah, he blocked everybody. Yeah, don't take that's, that personal. That's the word. We're also blocked by Top Dollar of Hit Row. Which I'm I'm, I'm I'm proud of that one. I'm blocked by <laughs> uh, David Bixon span because I asked if he had a woman to drool on. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> I'm a heel, Daniel, baby. Daniel Bixon span is the is the reason why wrestling journalists have a bad name. Is because when you hear wrestling journalist, you see Daniel Bixon's band. There are things about him that I like, but there are also things about him that I strongly dislike. So I, the things I, about yeah, him that I like are that he is on the other side of the country from me. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> let's let's keep the main thing the main thing. Christian he draws his number from the hopper when John Cena walks in. He daps Eric Bischoff and says, "Burt Reynolds loved you in Boogie Nights." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that made me laugh so hard. He looks just like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> like, go watch The Longest Yard and tell me. Like, that's Eric Bischoff. <laughs> you go watch The Longest Yard. Oh, well, I like that movie. You son of a bee. Hey. You big flaming bee. <laughs> Christian takes umbrage with Cena and says, Freestyle rap ain't even that hard. I can beat you with that any day of the week. John Cena tells him to perform a freestyle. And Christian says, right now? Tomko hit a beat. That was that was legitimately funny. The crowd like it was, yes. The crowd roared with laughter on that one. Just in all seriousness, saying Tomko hit a beat. And he just shakes his head. No. Uh, Christian proceeds on anyway. And what I need right now is me versus Kyle in a battle rap where I'll read Christian's rap. And Kyle will read John Cena's rap. And I will send it to you right now. So hit my music, producer. That's me. My name is Christian, the king of crunk. I'll take you to school, Cena, and you're gonna flunk. I'm Captain Charisma. And then he forgets his line. Read him and weeps. I'm gonna throw you out for all my peeps. Just like Dracula comes from Pennsylvania, I'm winning the Rumble and going on to WrestleMania. Fantastic stuff by Christian. Mm -hmm. And then John John I was going to say, well, John Cena came back with a rap of his own. <laughs> He's like. Captain Charisma, walking around with your fake smile. Think you can rap just because you watched 8 Mile. That's hypocritical. Word on the, word on the street. That your peeps are weak. 
And you and Blackbeard share a bedroom when you sleep. Ooh. I stuttered on that last line because you just put share a bedroom sleep. Oh, I copied it from Angel Fire. Forgive the... Oh, Angel Fire's friggin' well, stuck. That's legit. Word up. Yo, this is the chain gang. We run this show down. Tonight's like your sex life. Your ass is gonna go down. <laughs> I go to the ring when my name is called. You can pick my number. You like playing with balls. He said it. He said it, my God. He said the last verse. He said balls. He said balls. He said a future WWE champion. He said balls. 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 There was a chant. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, what'd you guys think of the battle rap here at the Royal Rumble? I give it to All Christian. Right? Really? You know what? Uh, I might I have to as well Me because too. he said crunk. Which is like he a time crunk. capsule term here, you know? No, it's so weird. Like hearing him say crunk seriously just made me go, oh man, that's weird. It's like nobody says that. And if they do, it's ironic. Like, <laughs> crunk. Remember that. Or your little John. Yeah, that too. That's the third option. <laughs> Y'all remember that big, like, What's it called? Like a chalice that he carried around. Oh, yeah. His like crunk juice. And then what yeah. I remember most about that oh, is when he ate fruity pebbles out of it on the Andy Milanakis. The Andy Milanakis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's like a straight up like what you high gonna school do? everybody's talking about on the bus type of deal. What you going to do? Gonna I'm going to eat fruity pebbles. Fruity pebbles, Kanaka. Oh, my God. I love the Andy <laughs> Milanakis show. Couldn't get enough and of it. So, Jake, Dude, what I we need like, from you right now is to recite the Andy Milanakis theme song. <laughs> you think I know like one word of this? I don't know any of the Andy Milanakis theme song. Kyle, how much do you remember after all these years? I probably could remember a decent little amount, I, I'd say. I, mm. I unfortunately know every single word. I got ass. bees on my head, uh, but don't call me a bee head, folks. I got peas on my head, but folks, please do not call me a pea head. I got Bruce Lee's on my head, and once again, I am requesting that you do not call me a Lee head. Now, I, I have to I, I have to go. Uh, Jan called me and she said I need to get my tree food. Jake's just like, what the hell is this? I, I don't get it. <laughs> Jake, yeah, you missed out, lost. man. That was an awesome You, mi you missed out. Yeah. By that was awesome, like, I mean very weird, but hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I could not get enough of Andy Milanakis. It's so much that I'm going to admit something here on the podcast right now. I love Andy <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, for the sixth grade talent show, performed an Andy Milanakis skit in front of my school. And everybody went? This is like at this show. The kids got it, but the adults were like, what the heck is he doing? What is, what is this kid talking to? The adults uh, now played by Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a perfect like example of like how that went down. <laughs> All right, enough Andy Milanakis. Gosh, it doesn't, that show doesn't even debut till the summer of 05. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs>
match is a triple threat match for the... Is it? For the WWE Championship is... Where is the big show? <laughs> Kurt Angle and Jibble fight for the gold. Jibble and bits. The, the, uh, the sort of backstory here is big show. He wants a title shot. Kurt wants a title shot. Who doesn't want a title shot? Some new blood, right? Big Show getting uh, revenge on the cabinet for messing with his girlfriend, Joy Giovanni. Kurt, you know, there, there are points where they kind of like merge together. Uh, the cabinet and Team Angle. Um, they don't actually have a name, but I'm calling them Team Angle. What I know most recently in this story is Kurt and JBL had a last man standing match, I believe, this past SmackDown. And so they're both fatigued coming into this match. Whereas Big Show is fresh. So can they withstand the show? Let's find out. We begin with Kurt not even being in the ring when the bell rings. JBL bounces off the ropes like a boss and Big Show knocks him down with a shoulder block. We get a big headbutt followed by a big old chop by big old Big Show to JBL. Followed by a headbutt. Followed by another Big Chop. Big Show's taking it to JBL. In a spot that made me gasp, JBL goes for a crossbody but gets caught mid-air and hit with a body slam. That was seriously impressive by the Big Show. Well, it's the Big Show. It's the Big <laughs> oh Show. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> JBL, he's he's a huge dude. Like, mm -hmm. and, and you know, Big Show, you look at him like, oh, of course he's he could tear down a skyscraper. He could slap a tornado. He's a 500-foot oh, giant. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I got to give props to the show there. Um, leg drop into a pin broken up by a Kurt Angle. Kurt gets chopped by the show when Big Show with a big right hand to JBL. Huge Irish whip to Angle when JBL pokes the Big Show in the eye. He tries to suplex Big Show but doesn't even budge him. Big Show hits a crisp suplex to JBL followed by a big boot to Kurt Angle. He clotheslines both men out, and the crowd give him a big old cheer. And Big Show looking fan-double-tastic to begin this match. Fans like Big Show in this match. I mean, he earned it too, man. Dude's just, like, hitting all sorts of cool moves all over the place, man. I give him props. And, of course, if, if you're paying attention in this podcast, anytime Big Show and Kurt Angle are in a triple threat match, you're in for a treat. <laughs> well, honestly, basically, though. yeah, for real. <laughs> and it's never a bad time to recommend Vengeance 03, Big Show, Lesnar, mm -hmm. and Kurt Angle, that triple threat. Oh, so oh, good. Oh, God, yeah. So good. I love Let's that. Let's go back there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, coincidentally, that's also uh, the episode where we talk about Inya and Cola uh, Cola Island. <laughs> Heck yeah. Andy Milanakis, Gola Gola Island, you never know, man. We keep it real with the pop culture of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Show slams Kurt Angle's head off the steps, then posts JBL. He then uses his keister to send Kurt Angle flying on the outside. He calls that move the rear view. <laughs> Big Show sets up still steps by the English announce table. Big Show climbs the steps and goozles. <laughs> JBL but Kurt Angle dishes a low blow to the show he a show blow Ooh, that's good. 
He nails him in the head with a monitor, and Big Show comes tumbling down through the table. With Big Show neutralized, Kurt starts taking it to JBL. The story here is both men are weak due to the last man standing match, as I aforementioned. But I didn't watch it, so I don't know just how fatigued they could be. JBL hits some big clotheslines on Kurt, but Kurt responds with Germans. JBL blocks the hat trick, so goes for a clothesline from Hale, but Kurt ducks at the last second to nail another German suplex. Kurt goes for the angle slam, but JBL reverses with a big boot. Big old boot. Big Show is back big in. Boot. Big Show is back in with the double clothesline and starts cleaning house. Body slam to JBL, then body slam to Angle on top of JBL. He whips JBL into Angle in the corner and does a rump shake and slam to him. <laughs> Off the ropes, it's another double clothesline. He lets his shoulder strap down to reveal his extraordinarily long left nipple. <laughs> <laughs> and he does his yell whilst raising his hand, which sounds like what, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> he goes <"Whoop." laughs> it was a quick one it was like a little abbreviated one this time he was like strap strap <laughs> kind of sounds he's, like he was uh, yawning he's tired worn out <laughs> little, little guys had a big day sleepy. today <laughs> he gazzles both men <laughs> but Kurt kicks show in the knee and both men take him out with Kurt going low and JBL hitting a clothesline from heck that looked cool. That looked real cool. Kurt hits a German on JBL and goes for a pin on show, but Big Show powers out. Kurt then lands a 500-pound angle slam on Big Show. Always going to look cool. JBL tries to pick the scraps with a quick pin, but no dice. JBL goes for a clothesline from Hades, but show gazzles him and lands a huge choke slam even going down to a knee that's how you, that's how you know big show's taking it seriously he hits, he hits that knee on the choke slam he covers but jbl gets a foot on the bottom rope you know big show channeled the spirit of brock lesnar by hitting an f5 at armageddon now we see him channel goldberg by hitting a spear on jbl through the barricade one neat thing i noticed about the barricade spot you know they do it all the time now but after this match, they put like caution tape or something over it to be like, it's broken, folks. <laughs> I thought that was funny. The uh, Again, you know, I, I talked a little bit earlier about how like you have to view this through the eyes of 2005. And so seeing that, I was that was really dang cool. Um, I will say that they ruined it when they went to the the opposite angle. And they're like, well, let's show you from the other side, folks. And you can see yeah. that all the security guards are like, nobody come over here. Something's about to happen. They're pointing like at it going, this barricade is going to collapse as two men come through it. Please do not stand here. Yeah, you can see the security like, back up, back away. Stuff's <laughs> happening. Big show back in. Kurt goes to hit him in the belly with the chair. Kurt runs at show with the chair, but show lifts Kurt up and Kurt lands face first on the chair. Oof. Show goes for the pin, but Mark Gentrak snacks the ref out of the ring. Oh, man. Ooh. We hate you, Mark Gentrak. Orlando Jordan puts JBL in the ring. He nails Angle with a clothesline from the bad place and gets the pin. Jake, let's start Shouldn't with you. Shouldn't it be a lariat? 
It was fine. Shouldn't it be a lariat from hell? It's an offensive maneuver. But yeah, um, now that you mention it, yeah. Close lines <laughs> when you stop a man as they're coming. A lariat's when you just pummel him with your arm. Yeah, uh, that said, uh, <laughs> this match was fine. With all the cool spots, like everybody coming down and getting involved at the end really subtracted from the match for me. It's already a three-man match. We've already had a run-in. And so we're just going to do it again in the next match. Like right after we saw a run-in, we're going to have another run-in. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like the finish. I liked the post-match with, with, with the guys, but they could have done so much more with this, I feel like. And they just they just missed. Thumbs middle for what could have been a lot a lot better match. Yeah, I was actually like I I enjoyed this thing quite a bit until the end. I don't know the end just kind of trying to be like Ugh, that's it that's what we're getting like, <laughs> which is funny because like I don't know as I was watching this pay per view since we've started this podcast I've kind of I've I always liked Kurt Angle a lot but now he's at the point where in my mind he's probably like. Like it's hard to argue against him being like the best wrestler ever <laughs> in my mind. Like I just love Kurt, and it's like, damn it, I know you weren't gonna win, but I wanted you to get more. I want more, Kurt. <laughs> I know it'll come later, but whatever. Anyways, uh, Big Show's great. I don't know what else there's to say. I-, I give it a thumbs middle. Yeah, man, it's 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 very apparent that Kurt has hit another gear, and the gear he was hitting this whole time. He, he's been top-notch this whole time, and now he's somehow better. Going beyond a Super Saiyan that's gone beyond, man. He, he's Super Saiyan 3. He's got the long golden hair. That's Kurt right now, dude. So I definitely echo that. Uh, thumbs up for me. And don't get me wrong, I hate the ending, but I do see how they played into it later. Uh, but the match was so good, man. It's extremely unfortunate that a match like this is wasted with such a finish. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Oh. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's a, that was my issue. It's, I don't know. It's like sometimes if, if a finish is so like I can forgive some like eh, finishes, but if it's like such like a like a big like fart, I just can't help it. Like I, the match itself ending to the side, I probably would be willing to give it a thumbs up. But just that ending, I don't know. It just soured me. <laughs> yeah, same. And understandably so. But uh, for me, uh Big Show, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big Show was Dude, a, Big Show was on it. He was a far That's cry. A he, oh, go ahead. Oh, he was a far cry. He was a far cry from Armageddon. He worked his butt off and did a phenomenal job. Uh, Kurt and JBL too, obviously, but Big Show was the bright spot of the match. But it's kind of kind of like how I mentioned uh, how just like uh, now like my respect for Kurt Angle has like gone up like a tenfold like. Uh, same could be said for Big Show. Like I, you know, I always liked him, you know, and then we joke on him because you know, haha, big five hundred million pound giant. But like <laughs> as we went on, like I'm just like this guy's just he's good. He really <laughs> I like is, Big Show. Man. He really it's is. It's a I shame. Will... I say it's just a shame that his later character work kind of overshadows his career because I think he he has some great moments. Yeah, more turns than NASCAR, as he says. <laughs> um, but. You know, I, I kind of could see here, man, Big Show being the champ, but it's not his time. His time is up, you could say. Brush your mouth with Colgate, and so on. I'm going to call you. 
Batista or Bautista. Ow. Giddy up. Um, bop, meow, meow. <laughs> he stopped by Carlito, who asks him to sign his petition to oust Teddy Long from his GM spot. We're doing the whole, uh, you know, petition to get Austin <clears throat> out of his GM spot again. Sheriff Steve Austin. That's who we need. Uh, Batista, he declines, and Carlito starts chewing on an apple. Batista asked Carlito, did you see what I did with that flagpole last week? And Batista alluding here to <clears throat> shoving the Montreal flag up the buttholes of law resistance. <laughs> oh my God. Did he actually do that? Like that's where my mind went to without any context. I was like, it sounds like he just shoved something up someone's ass. Like I didn't think that actually do it. <laughs> so the backstory here is uh, Batista wanted a shot to enter the Royal Rumble and Law Resistance is like, hey, we want to do that. And Batista's like, you know what? Uh, I will take on the both of you for my number. And if y'all beat me, y'all both get a number. If I beat you, I get a number. They're like, you're at a disadvantage. You can't do that. He's like, but I'm going to stick that flag where the sun don't shine. So Batista wins the match. And <laughs> he piles up Law Resistance and... It looks, he doesn't actually do it, obviously, but he <laughs> puts the flag up their butt and like, yeah, that, Way up their that's butt. what that's alluding to. Their butt. And then Batista comes out, oh, they like it. Huh? Aren't they homosexual? And Vince is <laughs> in the back cackling. Uh, so Batista says, imagine after doing that, imagine what I could do with that petition which makes Carlito swallow his apple. And he's like, I'm just, I'm just tidding. I'm, I'm just tidding around. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's Carlito, but like whenever it's like, Hey Carlito, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you borrow my car this Saturday. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you know, he must really like that apple. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Batista then goes to grab his number as he enters into the, the hopper area, Eric Bischoff and Teddy Long are arguing. Eric is scolding Teddy for allowing interference in his title match, and Teddy ridicules Eric, retorting, like, evolution isn't going to interfere. And, you know, this is pot meat kettle if I've ever seen it. Gosh, after that year we've endured. <laughs> for real? <laughs> As a result, Eric bans evolution from ringside. I got, I got to commend Eric on that one, man. So, Eric looks at Batista, and he says... My decision is final. Cool ranch. <laughs> he asks Batista, asks Batista if he would like to tell Triple H himself or if Batista would like for him to do it. Uh, that being Eric. Batista chuckles and says that he will tell Triple H himself. Teddy commands Eric and says, for once, you've done something right. Holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. So Batista in the Rumble here is kind of controversial because uh, he reveals to Triple H in the lead up to Raw that uh, 
Bischoff offered him a qualifying match that, you know, it goes on to do the handicap match. And Triple H tries to talk him out of it. So we've seen this um, this slow build of Batista and Triple H. Classic story, obviously, of there's always something just off kilter being said. Like they want to be on the same page, but maybe they don't. Maybe Batista sees that he can dethrone the king of kings, so to speak. But yeah, there's always so- something off kilter said, and Triple H is like, in the end, he kind of succumbs to what Batista wants. Or so, what do you guys think of the story so far between Batista and Triple H? Uh, it's intriguing. Uh, I'm into it. Um, evolution. It's it's funny. The worst part of evolution is Triple H, but uh, all the story stuff surrounding it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it. I think it's good. I think it holds up uh, despite. You know, the champ. Uh, and this is when I think it's getting real good. The one thing I could say about Batista in this era, um, it's like he's coming together. He's getting it. He's looking good. But he still doesn't have like his like a good voice. He just sounds so soft spoken. Like he doesn't sound like inexperienced or weak. He just sounds like a nice guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'll be like, you think you're going to go out there and do that? Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm going to do that, Triple H, you know? I don't know, though. I think it kind of works for him, though. And, you know, evident by the crowd going crazy for him. But um, I, I do take your point. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man. Something about him is, like, mysterious. Something about him. No, is not, like, not a criticism. Not a criticism. I'm just noticing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know dude in real life is incredibly nice. So it's like, I'm not su- taking it as super, like, intimidating just at face value. I'm just like, you just sound nice. But And I know you're cute. arguably <laughs> the greatest wrestler turned actor. I don't think it's an argument anymore. I mean, how many of the Rocks movies can you name that you love on one hand? Uh, Jumanji. <laughs> no, that movie sucks. <laughs> what? You Run don't down. like Jumanji? No, that movie sucks. Oh, I like Jumanji. Yeah, well, you also uh, like uh, uh, hey. Deputy Dog uh, bed sheets and you pee on them like water. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm Eugene, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, all of a sudden? What? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Next match. Game Triple H versus Randy Orton for that big old world heavyweight title. Randy Orton! Go, oh, 
moment at SummerSlam. Because right here in this ring, I became the youngest world champion in history. Randy Orton, the man of destiny! Now everything I dreamt of, everything I worked oh so hard for, was taken away from me by one man. Triple H. choice. The choice was to take the World Heavyweight Championship. World Heavyweight Championship. And the beating that you took was a consequence of the decisions that you made. And you've suffered for it too, haven't you, Randy? Well, trust me, you're gonna suffer some more. At the Royal Rumble, it will be Triple H defending the World's Heavyweight title against Randy Orton. What a main event. Triple H, I want it all back. Randy Orton, I brought you into this world, and I will take you out of this world. I'm going to beat you and once again become the world heavyweight champion. I'm going to be honest here. I'm not feeling this feud. Mm-mm. No, that's, that's fair. Randy is not clicking as a baby faced. And as we just spoke about, I'm completely over Triple H, period. Yes, yes. The tides of Raw are clearly shifting towards Batista dethroning Triple H. So even as Randy finds himself in a title opportunity here, he's really become an afterthought, in my opinion. The title mm-hmm. Reign of Terror exists for a reason. So it's not far-fetched to think most viewers are over Triple H's champ as well, you know, in real time. So all that to say, this match doesn't have that much heat, in my opinion. Maybe it ought to, but it doesn't. And and it's silly things, you know? Like, in the go-home to this pay-per-view in Oklahoma, we see Stacey Keebler in the ring with, (laughs) and Jake, you're going to love this, with Danny Hodge. Inviting Jim Ross to come down in observation of Jim Ross Day. Jim gets an ovation, starts to give a heartfelt speech when all of a sudden Triple H comes out with Ric Flair (laughs) to crap all over Jim on his day in his hometown. Like, what are we doing? This is the go home show. What are we doing? We got, we, there's never not time to make fun of Jim Ross. There's always time to make fun of Jim Ross. Especially in Oklahoma City. For real. You may recall Orton was not allowed to challenge uh, to the world heavyweight title so long as Triple H was champ. Since he lost it via vacancy, Randy can challenge again. And this rivalry may be an afterthought, but will this match leave a lasting impression? Oh, and it goes without saying, Triple H and Ric Flair beat up Jim Ross and Danny Hodge. <laughs> of course they do. I, I, no. tell, maybe, maybe it goes without saying, but I, I'm saying it anyway. So a slap from Randy Orton gets us underway here. We get a big whip to the corner. Triple H rebounds and Orton hits a spikinga. He goes for an RKO, but Triple H powders. Orton continues the attack on the outside, and we get a huge drop kick back inside. Triple H goes for a 10-punch spot, but Orton stops him at four with a snake eyes. Orton goes for an RKO, but Triple H sends him flying over the top to the floor. My jaw dropped at that, man. (laughs) 
Triple H sends Orton's shoulder first into the steps. Triple H goes on his typical plotting offense. Oh my gosh. This oh my god. Don't even get yeah. Yeah. I this I like I might as well just say it now because it's not gonna change, but like I think in, in this match in particular, and I should have realized it a bit while ago, but like Triple H, he really likes long matches. He does. And it's something that lasts from now until the end of his career. His last match against time. Batista. Yes. Yeah. Like, but Triple H doesn't know the difference between long and, like, slow. And his matches are just so slow. Just plotting. It's just, ugh. Anyway. Continue. Yeah. And it's not that Triple H isn't good. He is. I mean, he's had his moments yeah. for sure. He's had great matches. But this is his formula, and he does not go outside of it. And it's like, if it, even with opponents like Eugene at SummerSlam, like we saw, it's like a 14, 15-minute match. It's like, come on, dude. You're facing a mentally inept guy. D&D. And it's like... It's like if, if Ric Flair is like bumping and selling and going slow and looking like he's getting the crap knocked out of him. It's, well, he's the type of guy that looks like he can do that and take it and does it well. Triple H, you are a hulking massive dude. <laughs> Maybe you're bouncing off the ropes and looking all like bleary eyed. You just look like a jackass. Like, oh, I can't believe I got punched in the face again. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's the other thing, like, uh, to pile on here, is there's a lot of just punching in Triple yeah, matches. Yeah, there's a lot of punching. It's just, like, punches and chops, and then occasionally a knee will, and then he'll, then they'll do, like, a move, but then this is back to punches and chops. Like, it's... This, and I hate it. No, this, wait, especially, this match, especially... Yeah. No, I don't go like ahead, this go match. Ahead. I was going to say, like, <laughs> this, this match, like, you could tell the crowd got up at one point when they thought that Randy was going to win it, and then when they realized that, nope, we're going to see another five minutes of Triple H winning this match, like, they all just sat back down and waited for the Rumble. So baffling to me. It's like, I know between, like, I was going to say, like, 2000 Triple H. Go watch him. He can go. He's great. I know between then and now he got injured really bad and came back. Maybe in his mind he's like, i got to change up my style. You know, I can't wrestle like that. But you changed up wrong. <laughs> this sucks. Anyways, Levi, spit the rest of this out. <laughs> I think it's worth noting he, he tore his quad. Let's not let's not forget that on this night. <laughs> yeah, you know, Triple H tore his quad Vince. during this match. No, no, in, in the injury you were alluding to. Oh, oh okay, okay. No, he doesn't tear his <laughs> quad again until. You say again? He hardly did anything. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't tear his quad again until 2006. Uh, so, <laughs> all that to say, uh, slow punches and rest holds, man. He runs yep. into an Orton boot eventually, where I caught a rare Randy Orton leg slap. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Randy. Randy tries to fight back as the crowd chants, Randy sucks. They've seen enough of babyface Orton. Triple H takes a cheap shot at the injured leg of Orton and goes back on his boring offense. Triple H goes for a figure four after what seems like a fortnight, but Orton... Figure fortnight. Figure fortnight. Fortnight battle pass. I just... I'm making all the V-Bucks. <laughs> uh, but Orton counters with an inside cradle, only good for two. 
Triple H makes him and us pay by for that by going for it again and getting the hold on. So, you know what that means. We'll be here for a long time. And you know what? I took to I took to artificial intelligence to describe how long this felt, and it had this to say: a seemingly infinite expanse of moments unfurled, each one languidly unfolding like a delicate, drawn-out symphony as if the universe itself conspired to elongate the passage of time, stretching it into a tapestry of profound patience and profound longing. It sounds like a yeah. Kenny Omega promo. Longing for that fucking match to be... <laughs> yeah, like how longing is this match going to go on for? Orton finally makes it to the bottom rope. <laughs> And, and to be fair, that was a little more Keith Lee than Kenny Omega that time. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> Triple H continues the attack, whipping Orton's leg on the apron. Orton kicks Triple H into the Spanish announce table. Triple H comes back and gets hit with a signature Orton backbreaker. Randy channels his inner Undertaker and lands pure strikes to Triple H. Triple H whips Orton into the corner, but Orton hits a swinging neckbreaker. Orton goes for a 10-punch spot, but Triple H doesn't even let him get to one before hitting an inverted atomic drop. JR on the call. And man, from that second rope, you could only imagine the impact. In other words, that was a butthole blistering (laughs) slam. (laughs) He hurt himself, folks. He hurt his butthole real bad. (laughs) Triple H goes up top, but Orton arm drags him down. Orton goes up top and nails a crossbody. Pin only good for two, though. It looks like Orton is going for a spagingo. <gasps> but Triple H hits a high knee face buster, and I swear he plays his back like a bongo drum. <laughs> on the did you did you guys catch that? No, I didn't no, catch I that. Because you know how like he'll like slap the back upon impact? Yeah. I swear he goes like <laughs> with both of his hands. Oh yeah, I did see. It's like he double clutched <laughs> on it. Yeah, I did see that. It's like yeah, tapping him like this makes it hurt extra bad. Just looked ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Triple H goes for a pedigree, but Orton hits a catapult, which is one of my favorite moves in wrestling. It's 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 a transitional move, but I, I always love the catapult, especially in the it's... the old SmackDown games where you just launch him out of the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Randy sizes. <laughs> I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I remember the first time I tried I tried to catapult my sister, like we were like just play fighting, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my first <laughs> kayfabe breaking moments right there. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, why aren't you going anywhere? <laughs> why aren't you flying over my head? <laughs> oh my gosh. Randy sizes him up for the RKO, but Triple H sends Orton into the turnbuckles. Triple H hits an impressive-looking Harley Race high knee on Orton. Yeah, high knee. Triple H again goes for the pedigree, but Orton reverses with a clothesline. Orton takes Triple H outside and slams his head against the barricade. And I swear, there's a <laughs> there's a fan <laughs> who looks like the nostalgia critic cosplaying his friend. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I gotta go back and see this guy now. <laughs> He looks like the nostalgia critic. <laughs> but 
Mary's got her red hat on backwards, like Fred Durst. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Makes you wonder was it was it the nostalgia critic? He remembers it. <laughs> gosh. it was him back in the the olden days before he did uh, reviewing things, so we don't have to. <laughs> that guy with the glasses, Jake. Do you do you know the nostalgia critic? I have no idea. Oh my gosh, Jake! We have much to teach he- you. Easiest way no, to describe I just, him. I didn't watch the internet when you did. I watched the internet at a different time. Well, he's still going he, he, on. Yeah, he's basically like angry video game nerd, just like not as good, but still enjoyable. Yes, that's <laughs> and he does movie. He does movies instead. So it's it's not as good as something that's good. That's not as good as it used to be. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Anyway, enough of the snouch critic. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Back in and Orton smothering Triple H with huge right hands. Triple H looking practically dead. Orton goes for a DDT, but Triple H hangs on to the ropes. And Orton goes crashing down, apparently head first. JR speculates Orton may be concussed and that his brains may be scrambled. Yeah, maybe. The good old days where we spoke nonchalant about head injuries. Gotta love it. JR, oh my god, he does, he did that so long. I got a brain scrambler, a mind eraser, a CTE inducer, a wife eventual killer injury. Oh, I guess I got Levi laughing and now he's like, I'm dying. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to sound like Miley Cyrus before this is over. Oh god. Randy's seriously out of it as Earl Hebner tells Randy to get in or he'll have to count him out. Randy gets in and ends up inadvertently drilling Orton and Hebner. And here we go. Definitely thought shenanigans were coming here. And they kind of did. Triple H immediately goes for a sledgehammer and JR on the call. Is this Triple H telling us he can't beat Orton in a wrestling match? Triple H goes for the kill, but Orton drop toe holds Triple H into the ring post. Orton slowly stumbles his way back into the ring, Eugene style. Sorry. <laughs> Triple H hits a ginormous clothesline on Orton back in. JR is putting it over all beautifully by yelling like an Oklahoman. Triple H hits a pedigree to the presumably concussed Randy Orton, and that's enough for the win. And I'll go first here. Dare I say it? Thumbs up? In my opinion... Very slow start, but once it picked up, it became a lot of fun. And I did get war flashbacks once the ref went down, but it didn't actually pour into how things have gone, nor did Triple H actually shoot to win. Only, you know, he alluded to it, I guess. His intentions were evil, but the actions weren't, or something like that. It's time for a different path with Orton. Jake, what say you? Ugh. This match was long. It was really, really long. And it just kept going. And then it, ha- it didn't finish. And then we didn't get to the ending. And then it never stopped. And then it kept going. And then more shit happened. Like, this like this match felt like, some, like two guys going, okay, and then this happens. Okay, and then this happens. Okay, and then, the, but, and then this happens. Um, I think Randy getting knocked silly really threw um, 
something into the plans, but uh, this this wasn't it for me. Like like you said, people are done with Randy uh, being being a face, and like they don't want to see Triple H anymore. We're like everybody is truly ready for Batista, and we're and like I said, we're just sitting here and we are ready for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I I, I uh, yeah I agree. Um, this match, oh, I just it was so slow and slow plotting and i don't know i was i was more hopeful for it just because it's like i know it's a triple h match but randy orton like aside from i guess his baby faceness taking a turn for the worst you know has been it just seemed like he had been trying to prove himself the last pay-per-views doing decent stuff but this this was like eh and then once randy gets concussed it's like all i could think about was he needs to get out of this ring this needs to be over and it just got really weird, and I just couldn't get into it after that. I know that there wasn't a screwy finish or anything, but it's like the way Randy was. <laughs> yeah, the way Randy was, it was like who cares? And then like it, I don't know. It's it, even even if Randy wasn't concussed and it just ended like this as planned, I still wouldn't have been satisfied because it's just like all right, still just Triple H winning. Cool. I don't know. It I. Can't give it a thumbs up for sure. I feel weird giving it any sort of rating with the way it ended because of Randy's situation, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm being real. In my heart of hearts, it's kind of a more thumbs down for me. Yeah, my thumbs up is apprehensive, and, you know, on, on a bad enough day, I'll be like, man, that was more of a thumbs middle or even a thumbs down. But where it shined, it really shined, in my opinion. But, uh... I definitely understand not wanting to like this match. Oh yeah, it's time to go to commercial Topia. Are you ready? <laughs> I have just one more question, Colonel. If you gave an order that Orlando Jordan was not to interfere in your match, and your orders are always followed, then why? With Doug and Danny Basham at ringside, putting the big show in danger. Orlando posed no threat to my opponent. I never said anything about Danny or Doug. That's not what you said. You said there'd be no interference. That's correct, but I... said he was in no danger. I said grave danger? I said, is there any other type of danger? I recall what I said. I can have the court reporter read it back to you if you I want. know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm some kind of child. Why were the Bashams at ringside? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir. You made it clear just a moment ago your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or you lose the championship. So Orlando and Doug and Danny Basham should have stayed away from ringside. Am I right, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. Enough, or I'll hold you in contempt. Did you order the Bashams to interfere? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to them. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world where I am the champion. And this championship must be guarded by my men at whatever cost. Who's gonna help me defend it? You, Cena? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for the big show, and you curse my men. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know that Big Show's lost while tragic probably saved this company and that my existence while grotesque and incomprehensible to you sells pay-per-views 
you don't want the truth. Because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want me to be champion. At WrestleMania, you need me to be champion. We use words like spectacle, grandeur, majesty. We use these words as the backbone of an event that is bigger than life. At WrestleMania 21 on April 3rd, this will never be truer. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who wishes he were half the champion that I am and then questions the manner in which I defend it. I would just rather you say thank you and order the pay-per-view. Otherwise, I suggest you lace up your boots and meet me in the ring. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the ringside interference? I did what I had did to Did you do. order the ringside interference? You're goddamn right I did. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. So much hype, so much pressure, so much for letting it affect you. New LeBron's Lightning Lemonade. Be explosive with Bubblicious. So now it's time for the caption contest. <gasps> caption! Alrighty, we put it out there. Special enough episode. We're gonna do a caption contest, and the winner gets a free t-shirt. We're gonna announce them here on the show. <gasps> uh, and Kyle, would you describe the photo that we'll be captioning today to our listeners? I've just sent it to you. This is a picture. It's obviously somebody else, but Levi has photoshopped his own head on like this big, burly, hairy, like oiled up mane. <laughs> the, the the photo in which it's the Vince one, right? I or just sent it, it in Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's... the most recent picture. I know. I'm just looking at all the other pictures. Oh, those are the. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, my brain don't work so hard. Anyways, uh, the picture of which we had people caption is, of course, the uh, ending or near the end of the Royal Rumble match with old quad torn Vince sitting on the floor, Batista and John Cena standing there, staring, wondering what's going on as the refs debate who is the true winner of the Royal Rumble. And of course, an infamous moment. Everyone remembers it for being bad but good at the same time. It's, it's crazy. So we sent out the call, and we got a total of 10 entries in this competition. So we're going to take turns reading the captions that you submitted. And Jake, let's start with you. Um, we'll just take turns um, going down the list here. All right. Read that very first one with the shirt picture. The first one. All right. So it starts with, with Vince. Yeah. From, from Josh Ism at Josh Ism on Twitter. 
Cena, I have a question. Is there a Tai Chi move that could make a grown man crap his pants and not know why? Cena, I'm not gonna lie to you, Vince. That move does exist, but you're not ready for it yet. Vince, show me, damn it. <laughs> I-, I get the hot rod reference. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Uh, he-, he was kind enough to-, to share the video, and now I find it hilarious. Yeah, shout out. If you've not seen Hot Rod, it's a hilarious film. Unstoppable Punch. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Next, uh, Ricky She. So we got Ricky She at Rick E. 1995 with We're not ending the Royal Rumble this way, God damn it. First one is Spokingo goes to WrestleMania. Oh, that's inhuman. These guys have families, by God. Are you a virgin? <laughs> Just try, trying to pop us. Okay, I see what you're doing. Clearly, and it worked with me. <laughs> it did. I don't go to lie. That Maybe is a listener it. to this program. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will read this next one from Stephen Campbell at Stephen Films 1998. When her father comes around asking who the daddy is. All right. Jake, read the next one from The Real Drew V. So you're going to leave, Batista. Go into that Hollywood thing. Actor? Yes, Vince. Mm, John Cena. Actor? I like the sound of that. You're supposed to be my friend. Well, these will distract everyone from my sex payouts now. That's from The Real Drew V1. Drew V1! All right, Kyle, next from DJ Kuzmo. Yeah, DJ Kuzmo at DJ Kuzmo. <laughs> it is uh, Batista going, oh, damn you, Cena. Why does this guy get all the opportunities? And then Vince, shit, I hope Batista doesn't get mad. And then uh, referee uh, Kadaris, I hope you're happy with this result, Vince, but seriously, we can't have two winners. That's why I'm raising Cena's hand. Come on, look. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Peter Griffin voice that got me. <laughs> That's why I'm raising a scene as hand. <laughs> I hope I you're know. happy, Lois. Look at all I, the, I look at all these hamburgers. <laughs> I don't know what he, I don't know what dude sounds like in real life, so I'm like, I just gave him a little action. Hi there. That's what Tim White sounds like, so why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, Tim Tim White sounds like he's trying to choke down the, the business end of a shotgun. Oh. <laughs> this next one comes oh, from Mr. Mr. White. No. No, not the friendly tab, by God. Next one comes from DRKO at Dan123RKO. That moment when your quad muscles leave your body because you realize that your kids are just incompetent and can't listen to your instructions. Dang. It'd be like that, though. All right, Kyle. Logan. Or, excuse me. Yeah, Jake, go ahead. You had the idea. Logan uh, Cloutier, 63. I have the Halloween costume. Dad, look. (laughs) <laughs> Kyle next from Demarcus uh, We got Demarcus with Mom said it's my turn on the Xbox <laughs> <laughs> You let Batista play Minecraft for five more minutes Alright next is from our good friend Mr. Fretz at Fresselmania Or excuse me Fretzelmania <laughs> Vince used Spigingo. It wasn't very effective. 
Good old Pokemon reference. I had that X defense. All right, Jake, last one from Derek. From Derek Everhart on Facebook. Drax is better than Peacemaker. I won the Superhero Royal Rumble because you can't even see me. Come on, guys, are we going to do this or not? <laughs> about to poop my pants down here. <laughs> Anyways, I went. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, those are the submissions. Who's the best one? What do you say? But being honest, I really like uh, Ricky. She's the best. My, but, like, yeah. That's at the same time, it's like that's obviously the one where he's like trying to make us laugh specifically. <laughs> yeah. Right. Almost feels like cheating. It's like somebody could have just been like, "Hey, it's me, Jr. I got milk fingers, bum bum. What are you guys damn sitting down?" You know. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, it's endearing in that way because it's like you listen to exactly. our show. Exactly. I, I know. Them. I know. It's it's either that or the mom said it's my turn to be to on the Xbox. That one didn't make me giggle. <laughs> Because when you go back, like, go look at the picture and just, Mom says, my turn on the Xbox. <laughs> that one, yeah, so that it's, one. It's, it's either the, the crowd, the fan service of, you know, this guy said all of our catchphrases, or it's the, uh, <laughs> the And that's actually kind of tough. Because I, I, honestly, like, yeah, as far as originals, the Xbox one does work with a picture. And the rest yeah, of them. Especially since it's... Good. Especially since it's Cena. Yeah, because Jerry Lawler's not even Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler aren't even in the picture. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we'll, we'll give we'll give him the uh, we'll give him a special special mention. For yes. Yeah, let's say come, Ricky Shee with a close second, and then uh, yeah, number one to Demarcus, I think is who. Ricky Shee, that's our boy, man. He's always like you know liking our stuff and you know giving us kudos. So gotta gonna give him props here, man. That that did make me laugh, obviously, but. Boom, my, vote, boom. my vote for the win is Demarcus on Instagram. Uh, do you guys agree? Say nay. What do you say? Yeah, I agree. That's, I think so. I think that's the winner. The I, as a, as someone that has to hear that happen, like, yep, that's what it looks like. <laughs> all right. That and just like honestly, just like looking at the photo, like when when you look at the photo and think of all the captions, that one encapsulates it so well because Cena just tapping on his chest like me, 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 my turn, and Batista's got me. the oh come on kind of face. <laughs> Vince has just had enough of this shit. He's like, just put the damn box away and read the book. <laughs> I just want to watch ESPN, damn it. I oh, paid go into your room and play your PSPs. Alrighty, Demarcus, you have won the caption contest. Please send us a DM on Instagram so we can get in touch to get you your free Spigingo Squad t-shirt. Wait a oh, minute, yeah. I, I ain't even got one of them. Before released or seen, you will have the first and only copy of it, my friend. It did. That's one of one. One of that one. Will, that will sell for <laughs> dozens of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> we cut backstage to Nunzio. He's excited to have a spot in the Rumble when he runs into Kurt Angle. And Nunzio says, Scabba the dude, what are you doing? That's my number, nigga, gobble Pretty much. I'm Sun- I'm Sunday Rumble Night Rumble. Heat star, Nunzio. Hey, hey, he's SmackDown. He's Velocity. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, he's Velocity on. man now. Hey, yeah, don't get it twisted. Like we've got, we've got a very important Maven match on Heat because he's so good. Was he on Heat? He was on Heat with Rhino for seven minutes. Yeah, oh. Maven's super good. It's two of our boys, huh? You know how much Jake likes Maven. <laughs> <laughs> I to say, it's like. 
Maven match with Rhino. I'm like, well, I guess Rhino's getting some stuff in. <laughs> so Angle says, not anymore, unless you want to fight me for it. And he goes, and Nunzio backs off like a little female dog. We pan to Teddy and Eric, and Teddy gives Eric props on no interference in the match, making the quality a lot better. And I agree. Glad there was no interference in that match. I mean, yeah. I don't agree on all the other stuff they said about it, though. <laughs> it's it's astonishing just how many times Raw main events were tainted with interference last calendar year. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, JBL charges in celebrating his title retention. JBL, not in a racist fashion at all, tells Teddy he'll buy him a 40 ounce of malt liquor. <laughs> Teddy says, since you're here, jibble and bits, he wants to tell him about his next title defense. He says that no way out, JBL will face the man he did not pin tonight, the big show. And JBL asks, what's he going to do? Eat me? I'm going to beat big show like he's going to eat a pizza. That made no sense. <laughs> well, he's, he's drunk, Jake. Come on. Oh, is that what it was supposed to be going for? Because he just kind of annoyed the hell out of me during this. Oh, I, I don't yeah, know. And how, how, did, how did he get drunk in like two minutes? <laughs> I, I, maybe he's tipsy. Man, I'm getting tipsy. I'm not that stupid. Maybe he's Teddy. <laughs> Teddy and says. Teddy Long's like, all right, let me tell you about what's happening next. And he just won't shut the hell up. And I know. Teddy talk. <laughs> Fuck the hell out of me. Teddy says, like tonight, there will be no outside interference for the first time. In I'm the champion. I'm the champion. I'm the champion. I'm going to call an escort service and get my dingus touched. <laughs> for the first time in WWE history. It'll be a barbed wire steel cage match. Ooh. So, Jake, uh, Teddy's closing in on uh, your end of the podcast duties there, sir. That's fantastic. We cut ringside where calling the Rumble match will be Taz and JR. It's it's like watching AEW. <laughs> and now it's time for the main event of the evening. Who's in this match? <laughs> Who is in the match? I'm just kidding. Like, I don't so. answer that question. <laughs> I actually probably... Oh, I, oh, man, my page closed. I actually think I do have it all up here. I have it. Please don't answer that question. I was joking. 
No, uh, no, no. We're going to answer this question, Lee. Big Row, Chris Benoit, Daniel Pewter, Hardcore. Maven, 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 30 times, and he still didn't win. Ooh. Adrenaline and the band. Everyone's ready for Maven. So. Adrenaline in my ass. I give Maven shit a pass. So we're finally here to the Royal Rumble. Jake, in Howard Finkel fashion, what are the rules of this match? The rules of the Royal Rumble are 30 men will enter the ring in 90 second intervals. And you are not eliminated until you are thrown over the top rope to the floor below where both feet must touch. At which point you will be eliminated. The last man standing will go on to... WrestleMania to challenge for the heavyweight championship of the world. Now, Kyle, in the style of Jim Ross, what will 30 men enter? Uh, Folks, 30 men will enter in two. (laughs) My ass! (laughs) What you say about that? You shut up, bitch! Oh my gosh. I showed my wife that video for the first time a couple weeks ago. She did not like it. <laughs> okay, so here we go. The Royal Rumble match. Might as well ring the dang bell. First, we got Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero going at it. So both men start on the floor before coming in the fill-out process. They start striking it out when, at number three, it's Daniel Pewter. Boo. Daniel Pewter. He says some stuff. It's not important. <laughs> he Dude, gets, Daniel Pewter gets his ass kicked. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, yeah, like Dan, Daniel Pewter comes in, uh, chops from Benoit, chops from Guerrero. You know, uh, this reminds me of whenever Brian, or, uh, Daniel Bryan came back in a, a big old uh, rumbly match and they just chopped the shit out of him except this just felt mean spirited and not not just like a welcome <laughs> they were beating the shit out of Daniel Pewter yeah everyone hit their finish and then hardcore hard snore Holly just like I want to just throw him over the top and beat him gosh I am a badass okay okay Holly <laughs> I'm hardcore whatever that means but yeah, this was hazy. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Remembered for a reason. Because nothing else was memorable about Daniel Pewter. He he uh, he grabs a microphone before entering the ring. What he says is really important. But what's funny is, I was watching this with my wife. And she goes, was this planned? I'm like, is that... <laughs> I was like, yes, it was planned. <laughs> How do you know? It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, he's awful. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I honestly don't remember what he said, but something like he's going to win it's, or something. It's just something like, I won the, the tough enough million dollar tough enough match and I'm cool. It's dumb. There is no way Mike Mizanin will become a WWE legend over me at this point. That is, that is the craziest thing about it. <laughs> So, Peter, he gets inside, and Benoit and Eddie 
man, they start chopping the mess out of this guy. Knowing what we know about Ben was as a bully, you know, <laughs> Mike Mazanik is. No, he that. he was. He was chopping at. He was chopping him like he. I don't know. He like he wanted to like kill him or something. You know. Dude, it looked like peer pressure with like drugs. You know, because Harker, Holly, and Benoit are all like, "Hey, man, he went in on this," and Eddie's like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm changed." But uh, okay, hit. <laughs> well, he does lie. Oh, that's right. He forgot to tell us though. Mm-mm. So, uh, they got some suplexes in on Pewter. Uh, Hardcore Holly's in at number four. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? And he looks like a kid on Christmas, man. So now they're just all chopping the crap out of this guy. Taz makes some sort of comment like, Oh, the areola just flew off. Hardcore Holly's like, I'm featured in the Royal Rumble and I get to beat somebody up finally. (laughs) Hardcore Holly, he starts signaling to the crowd for the Alabama slam. Nobody knows what that's what that means. They just think you mean like, come on. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about Alabama's slam. Yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that, but when he raises his hands up really fast, that means it's time for the Alabama slamma. Oh, I, people I didn't are know. so I, ready. I watched all this hardcore division crap, and I didn't even pick up on that whatsoever. <laughs> I guess because I don't give a crap about the Alabama slam. <laughs> So Stand Hurricane comes in at number five. There's a hurricane coming through. As Daniel Pewter is tossed out. Yay. <laughs> so yeah. That's that, that's like the biggest insult to injury. You don't even get to see it until a replay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's not it's not coincidental. This was hazing after uh the reputation Daniel Pewter built for himself backstage. Uh all starting with almost legitimately <laughs> tapping out Kurt Angle or or breaking his leg, or whatever you want to say. He was not liked after that. And I think even many years later, there's still bad blood between Angle and, and Pewter. There was talks of them doing a, an MMA match together, but it never came to fruition. I didn't even know Daniel Pewter existed after this. No, he, does, he doesn't really do much. I think he does maybe like real estate now. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that sounds like one of the... I was successful in athletics, but now I'm not. So mm-hmm. what do I do now? Kind of jobs. Is that or used car salesman? So this is the last time we will see Daniel Pewter. As sad as that is, do you guys have any uh, departing words for the Pewd man? <laughs> uh, more like Pewder. That's what you are. <laughs> you know, they should have had him debut at a Taboo Tuesday. The uh, Daniel Pewter. And he just looks like a computer, you know? <laughs> Shut up. Comes out with like a couple like Nintendo power gloves and it's like some wraparound <laughs> shades. And he's like, I'm from the computer. I'm gonna make- Daniel Computer, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if Daniel Pewter had existed in like 1994 WWF, then that would have been his gimmick legitimately. <laughs> Eddie immediately throws out Hardcore Holly, so so much for that camaraderie. You were only there to haze a talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie throws out Hardcore Holly, and then he throws out the Hurricane. Hurricane's not in there very long at all. So, Aww. And then at number six, Kenzo Suzuki. Eddie and Benoit double-team him as well, but Benoit throws Eddie to the apron in a smart move. Up next, we have Edge. Mm-hmm. 
Chops and right hands abound until Benoit knocks Edge back. Up next, we have Rey Mysterio. And then we get rid of Suzuki. And... Suzuki, yeah. Yeah. Kenzo Pazuki is eliminated, and this is the last appearance of Kenzo Pazuki. Oh man, no more Kenzo or Pewter? Damn. I know it, man. Smackdown. 2005 is already starting terrible. Smackdown's losing talent left and right. If only Matt Morgan could come in. <laughs> I know how random, right? Uh, <laughs> you guys have any uh, <laughs> memories to share about uh, Kenzo Suzuki? Uh, Born in the USA. That's it. That's it. That's all I got for the dude. Born in the. Oh my gosh. Ray walks into a tilt to whirl backbreaker from Eddie. Up next is Shelton Benjamin, who goes after Ray. And Benjamin, he snaps off a head scissors. At number 10, we got Booker T. So uh, Ray's trying to head scissor Shelton, but is not successful. And out comes randomly Eric Bischoff. I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> well, I don't know. He's in. He's in the match now. He's gonna fight. Benoit gets the sharpshooter on Eddie, which Ray breaks up with a springboard dropkick. So up next is Chris Jericho. Jericho goes after Edge with right hands and a belly-to-back suplex before switching over to Eddie in the corner. And now we have Theodore Long here to cheer out the SmackDown talent. And up next at number 12, it's Luther, don't call me Roman, Reigns. Ooh. The kicking and punching continues until we, oh my gosh, it's SmackDown versus Raw. Sports entertainment will never be the same. Except it kind of will. Because they're still doing this dumb shit. <laughs> At number 13, we have Muhammad Hassan. Alien, alien, alien. <laughs> oh literally what the theme said. I listened to it very closely this time, listeners. It, it literally is. I think it's, I seriously bet it's just saying alien. Like they just didn't want to say any real <laughs> language to offend anybody. They just wanted it to sound enough like it. So they just said alien. Well, just like they got the character. He's not Middle Eastern, but he's Middle Eastern enough, you know. <laughs> Jim, what are you doing? Yeah. No, he's not, you know, for Goldust, he's not, he's not a gay character. You know, he's just, he's just androgynous. <laughs> and what a weird moment this was. Everybody stops in their tracks to stare him down. This, honestly, man, it felt kind of racist. Oh, I mean, this was this was a uh, prime post 9/11 Bush era Americana, man. Yeah, sure. Back at uh, back at this time, if I was watching, we probably wouldn't have batted an eye because we were just kind of used to this stuff. Which is no, dude, I'd be cheering them on back then. <laughs> but now I'm yeah, just like, hey, jeez, <laughs> we're we're older and smarter now. <laughs> so everybody beats down on Muhammad Hassan once he gets in the ring, and they throw him up over their heads and toss them out. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I got to ask real quick though, because uh, I think we passed it. Edge and Jericho had a face off, right? Briefly. So I, I, sw- I swore that Jericho gave Edge a spingo. 
or was I just like miss seeing it this time around? Because I think his foot, as he was coming down, you know, he lifted him up and was slinging him back, and as he was doing it, like Edge's uh, foot clipped the rope, so it was yeah, especially I think snappy. So. so let's call it a spucking go. Okay, we'll work. We'll, uh, let's redo it, and you can just put it in anywhere. No, I'm I'm just gonna do it with that. <laughs> okay, well. There was a skin. fine. Uh, so. It was not just a spagingo; it was a devastating extra force spaging that took Edge out of the match. Not the spaging. <laughs> yeah, man. It was a spaging that made him go. Oh. So up next, we have Orlando Jordan at number fourteen. Yay. Uh, and this, you know, there's punching and stuff, forearms, as Jake says. And I'm next at number 15, we have Scotty Too Hottie. That's surprising. I don't know why. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, oh, Scotty's here. And then... <sighs> I just don't think about Scotty being in 2005. I'm sure he was, <laughs> you know. Just always just see him as like, he doesn't exist past like 2003 to me in my mind. I don't know why. He, he kind of fades out, man. And there's a point where you don't see him till the raw 15th anniversary gimmick battle royal. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, he just goes backstage. I always hear like people say he's like good for that. But whatever, that's beside the point. Who's next? You look fly today. Woo, 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 woo. Unfortunately, Scotty does not enter the ring as Muhammad Hassan gives him the beatdown. And he's hitting him with the alien. That's a special move. <laughs> the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So two or three moves is enough to take Scotty out of the match. What a what a little punk! This beatdown takes long enough, and now Charlie Haas comes in at number sixteen. Everybody go crazy! Yay! <laughs> Booker kicks him in the face and then tosses Reigns and Jordan simultaneously. Oh, not simul- uh, consecutively. He stops for a spin a Rooney. Oh yes, so good. But Eddie's behind him and gets the elimination on him. So Booker's out. Boo. Boo. So up number 17 is Rene Dupree. What'd y'all think about Rene Dupree's little goatee and longer hair? Looks stupid. No. I think it's so sexy. And uh, refusal to wear a jock strap. His little weenie is hanging around. Oh, oh man, he, he he's definitely the the, uh, the winner of the Golden Thong Award tonight. I just, <laughs> no, no, it's a Golden Dong Award. Yes, yes, I'm glad you remember that, Jake. Oh, uh, man, I just I can't look at Rene Dupree and like not think about that time he went for a pin on Tori Wilson, like with his like knees pinning her shoulders and like his like little French sausage is like centimeters away from her face. I'm just like, oh my god. She, see, she sees it and she's like, she starts screaming. Wee 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 wee. So it's it's a French joke. Anyway, uh, Haas and Benjamin, we get a brief reunion of the world's greatest tag team, and they do that little spot that was neat. Like for for a gleaming second, Charlie Haas mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the the crowd were dead silent when he came out too. Man, I I know. Oh my at god. At this point I, I at this point I was like, oh shit, yeah, Charlie Haas. He's still here he's still here. His biggest <laughs> reaction was blowing off Don Marie and Miss Jackie at Armageddon. <laughs> that will be his lasting legacy. Shelton misses a stinger splash, and Edge gets the elimination on him. 
Simon Dean comes in at number 18. I gotta be honest, like I, I like I said, I was I wasn't watching at this time. I had no freaking idea who Simon Dean was. Like I vaguely remember like, oh yeah, there was like some kind of like health guru thing. He's just there to make fun of uh Dean Malenko. He's there to make fun of Dean Malenko? How? Yeah. What are you talking because about? Dean Malenko Dean Malenko's name is Dean Simon. And he's a fit like you guys don't know that this entire gimmick is a rib on Dean Malenko? No, no. I, I don't. I've, I've never I seen like any on, of Simon Dean. I thought it was a rib on Billy Blanks or something. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a rib on us, but I mean, on it's actually, <laughs> it, the whole thing is it's it's making fun of Dean Malenko. Like, uh, the whole the whole gimmick is stupid. And, yeah. that, is, that is dumb. Because <laughs> when I hear that, all I can think of is like, Dean Malenko, like the badass guy who's really good at what he does. This is, how is this a joke? Well, you probably remember him best as Hollywood Nova of the Blue World Order. Oh, shit. That's who that is. He's here with his... He's here with his Simon system to win the Rumble. So he's in at number 18, and (laughs) he's, like, squatting stuff, doing some Hindu squats. And he finally gets in, and Shawn Michaels is in at number 19. (laughs) So he comes in, gives sweet chin music to Simon Dean, and he's out. Yep. So things go on for a bit, and then Sean eliminates Charlie Haas. And then at number 20, we have Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, he's going to win it, yeah! And he's dishing out all the suplexes until Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music sim out. And it was cool to have that exchange, man, because they're going to go at it at WrestleMania and what many consider to be an all-time classic. Ugh. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. WrestleMania 21. Man, like, I'm so excited. I got, I, I legit, like, I've never seen WrestleMania 21. Like, I've never watched a single match from it. So I'm looking forward to that. But freaking, because <laughs> they got me. Like, I was legit just like, when Kurt came in, was beaten ass, and then got knocked out so quick, I was just like, oh, fuck you, Sean. I have <laughs> now I'm like, now I need to see this match. I need to see them tussle. <laughs> Dude, same. Like, I've seen 21, but sometimes technical wrestling for a long time could take me out of it. So I I don't, I didn't watch that match. I -hmm. watched Big Show's match, which we're not going to talk about. We're going to talk about when we get to it. Tee hee. But Kurt Angle, he's out. We'll see them tussle again. Uh, So in the match currently, we have Benoit, Edge, Mysterio, Jericho, Dupree, and Michaels. (gasps) And at number 21, it's. Jonathan Coachman. Gosh, hey. ridic- what a waste of a spot. Yeah, complete waste of a spot. And the amount of time he stays <laughs> in this match is insulting. But and I like that, like, on commentary, even, like, Taz is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Jim's like, I didn't book the thing, damn. <laughs> I should mention, commentary for the Rumble, like, I was worried it wasn't going to be good because I didn't know how the chemistry had worked between them. It works well, but it it's funny because JR legitimately sounds like he wants absolutely like none of Taz's shit. <laughs> like I there's a point where uh, I think there's a point when they're beating on uh Muhammad Hassan and Taz just starts like baiting JR like hey, say the mud hole line, come on, do it. Say it the mud hole, say it And Jim's like Smuggle mud hole and walk him dry. I say it for Austin, but I, I guess that works in this case. <laughs> Having none of it. It was funny. Oh, man. 
<laughs> like, uh, Coach is in at 21, and he starts grabbing the ropes immediately to save himself. Mark Jindrak is in at 22. Uh, but Kurt Angle gets back in and throws Shawn Michaels out. He's been eliminated. Oh, who are you? So, like, somebody who's been eliminated can eliminate you? Has that always been a thing? I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it no, kind of happened. No. What? What do you You're mean, though? Supposed- no, it's against the. It's stupid. It's. I hate this shit. This is why I hate wrestling oh. sometimes. It's like it's like. Oh, he's been eliminated from the mat. Well, how can we get this really big guy out of the ring? Well, let's have the guy who's already been eliminated come back and completely free of any sort of of compunction or any consequence. You can come in and completely ruin the match. It happened at our last pay-per-view at the Elimination Chamber, and it's happening again now. It's like we can't figure out how to just write something. We can't make somebody just look bad. No, we absolutely have to bring somebody outside the rules... To come in and, and extra extracurricular activities to get this person out of here. It's like the modern version where everybody's like, oh, he didn't go over the top. He went through the middle. He went through the middle rope. That's not the same. So he can do whatever he wants on the outside of the ring for five minutes and then he can come back in. It's stupid. I hate it. Like, uh, folks, that's a little taste of uh, uh, Jake Shoots. Uh, we're going to have a DVD up on high spots. <laughs> Be sure to check it out. <laughs> I love Red Butt Jake. <laughs> and, no, and, and I agree. No, I agree fair. with you. Um, but here's yeah. the thing: uh, I like it in this sense that it sets up the match at Mania, uh, because the way Kurt Angle did it, like he had a vendetta against Shawn Michaels, and he didn't just eliminate him; he beat the crap out of him. Like he was mm-hmm. like, "How dare you take my title opportunity?" And in the process, he screwed Shawn Michaels. So. For that reason, I liked it. Generally speaking, I'm with you. Like, freaking Hogan at the Rumble, like, pulling uh, Sid Justice out. Like, are you kidding me? That was... Ah, God. <laughs> Side note, like, you want to... Like, everybody hates Hulk Hogan. Like, it's not a secret now. But Brother. if you want to really, really hate him, just go watch him in WCW. Good God, Hogan sucks. I hate that, man. Angle is finally dragged off, and at number 23... It's Viscera! Oh, man. We're so close. We're getting so close to Big Daddy V. We're getting close to the world's largest love machine, dude. Oh. Then He's about Daddy. to start humping I know, fools. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I just, I'm, I'm ready for the V. I'm ready for him to get that V card. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's working backwards, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> So, Ray saves himself from elimination, so Viscera slams him in the middle of the ring. With nothing else going on, number 24, it's Paul London. And he nearly slides all the way to the other side of the ring as he comes in. Uh, Dupree (laughs) slams uh, Paul London down, and then we get the French tickler. I'm a French guy! I'm a French guy! (laughs) Jim is just like, at this point, like, God, I want to kill (laughs) Dad. And Jericho uses this to toss Dupree out and does a French tickler dance of his own. <laughs> Taz on the call. His tickler just got Frenched. <laughs> uh, no one can get rid of Viscera here. So at number 25, it's John Cena. Yeah, fucking up, And the class Ruck Fools shirt. Yes. Jim Ross. Like, what does that mean? 
Oh, you mean like the F one? Oh my God. <laughs> I gotta say like, I used to think that shirt was really corny and it is corny, but now I like it just because that is such an embodiment of the times. Like that is a shirt that like wannabe yes. edgy 14 year olds would look at and go, Oh my God, I need that. <laughs> Dad, can you buy this for me? All right, but you ain't wearing that to school. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, in Hot Dog by Limp Biscuit, you know, you feel like you can't sing it. Just change the F word to, to Ruck. Rucked up dreams, <laughs> rucked up by <life>. Ruck. <laughs> uh, Cena actually spagingo. Oh my God. To Viscera. He goes tumbling over the top rope. Uh, up next, we have Gene Snitsky at number 26. And he is just shoulder blocking people down. Oh my gosh! In a, in a horrific-looking spot, Snitsky gets Paul London on the apron and absolutely unloads on him off the apron. And Paul London does a f- inside-out flip. To I mean, the, like to he the landed floor. hard, but at least he didn't like land on his head or anything. But good that's where I God, thought, that's where I thought it was going. Like, I know, right? It was brutal. He he splashed on that so hard. It's like the best way you could probably take a really scary bump. Why not? And with that bump, Paul London has landed the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. Jesus God! Yeah. And hey, Paul London, why don't you get a little little cup, open that little bottle of Pepsi Blue, pour out a little shot, and hand it to Snitsky because he helped that. Show some, show some damn respect. Yeah, some people are going to say we snubbed Snitsky on Pepsi Blue Splash, but, I mean, it's, it's Paul London. <laughs> uh, Snitsky, he hits a big boot on John Cena, and up next we have Kane at number 27. Oh. Kane start- twice on one show, t- thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts dishing out choke slams, uh, even a one-armed choke slam to Mysterio that, that just looked good. I can't hate on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gingerack gets eliminated. Uh, Snitsky saves Coach of all people. Coach is still in this match if you keep him track. We get a pump handle slam that drops Kane, but up next we have. It's Batista at number 28. And the crowd goes nuts. They love Batista. It is his time. Mm-hmm. So Snitsky is out eliminated by Batista. Almost didn't get him over that rope, though. Mm-mm. He stares down Kane and crowds chanting Batista as we go on. We get a Batista bomb on Kane. Batista throws Jericho out. And in at 29 is Christian. He gets beaten down by Cena as Ray hits the 619 on Kane. That's enough for the FU to get rid of Kane to the outside. Now it's starting to heat up. Ray and Cena's... Jake, Jake, Kane is eliminated. You must be happy now. (laughs) Wee. (laughs) I think uh, Jake's turned into Rocket Man over there, prepping for my show. No, no, that's in the other room. Oh, anyway. Uh, Ray and Cena... He's just staring at that room, just sad, wishing he was there (laughs) instead of listening to this Rumble recap. Ray and Cena set up an alliance, and it's Ric Flair at 30. No wonder he wanted that spot so bad. You know, like, I don't know why, 
Whenever I saw him coming out at number 30 and it was like this big deal and everybody's like, Ric Flair, yeah! Immediately my mind flashed to his interests at Ric Flair's last match and coming out all sad with like that belt <laughs> that just didn't seem to want to fit around his waist. I, I have not anyway. seen this. No, I, I think everybody should go watch Ric Flair's last match just to just to see like this is something you should not do. It is terrible. Every bit as bad as people thought it was going to be, and then some. Yes, he died twice. Yeah. I mean, he dies every day, probably, but still. Flair, he he, uh, feeds Coach to Batista for a spine buster, and they end up eliminating Coach shortly thereafter. Gosh, Coach, why was he in the ring that long? He is so unopposing looking. He's just getting that heat. And they do the same thing to Christian, and he's eliminated. Aww. Benoit chops Flair in the corner, but takes a big old spine buster as well. You know, just thinking at the top of my head, you mentioning why the hell's Coach in here? Why is he in here so long? Why the hell didn't they just put Tom Tomko in here and just have him and Christian do something? That's that would have been way place. more entertaining. Or like someone replace Scotty, you know, bring Tomko out or something. I don't know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Whatever. So Benoit has been eliminated, but Flair makes the mistake of trying to toss Batista over the top rope. <laughs> like, what the hell are you thinking, dude? <laughs> Edge and Mysterio, they dropkick Batista at the same time. So we get a little glimpse of their, you know, tag team days on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. With Edge getting Rick, rid of Ric Flair. That leaves us with Edge, Mysterio, Batista, and Cena for our final four. Edge hits the spear on Batista, and Cena gets caught by the 619. Ray tries one too many, uh, runs off the ropes, and gets sent to the apron for a spear to the floor. Mm-hmm. Cena and Batista toss Edge, and we're down to the final two. Crowd, or hey, they have lost their minds. Yeah, this is like, for a final two, man, this is hot. Dude. 2005 Cena and prime old up-and-coming Batista, like, energy in the room. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. You got Batista or John Cena trying to hit the FU out, and then Batista sets up John Cena for the Batista bomb. John Cena kind of floats their way over the ropes, and they both fall out at the same time in an unplanned finish. And, like, it, oh man, I don't know. Just, just continue. I guess this is everything I want to say. You can just say after. <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh. You could not have planned it any better if you tried they slap at the same time and so the referees are now scrambling jimmy corderas um he talks about this in his book and no one knew what to do so they just start lifting hands and and you see that on the pay-per-view they're like oh batista's a winner crowd go crazy oh my gosh but now this the smackdown referees they want to lift john cena's hand oh my gosh yes he won he won and this goes on for a little bit until Mr. McMahon makes his way down the <laughs> down the aisle. And no music coming out, just yeah, pissed, throwing that freaking jacket down. <laughs> and you know they use that in like promotional packages through the years and stuff of like, I don't know, that was supposed to be like his oh. defining like acting moment, like oh what a what a serious dramatic moment that was in WWE history. It's like uh, like Futurama when the pro- the professor said, "If I'm going down, I'm taking you all with me." That was Andross <laughs> in Star Fox sixty four, but it was also Professor Farnsworth in Futurama. 
Good Ooh, hey, Ruthless Aggression listeners, if you vote Andros or Farnsworth. <laughs> so anyway, Vince runs into the ring uncharacteristically. And when he he hits his knees on the apron, and when he goes to stand up, he has torn both of his quadricep muscles. You can just see, like, it's insane. Because I hear people, like, when they talk about, like, quad injuries, they make it sound like it's the most painful thing ever. That dude tore both of them, and he's still going. He's like, just you, sitting there. You barely see any sort of crack or anguish in his face. I think there's like one point where you kind of see him kind of like look towards a ref and he, like just for a second, he's kind of like, you know, but like, <laughs> something God, that man's, he is insane. He is a machine, that man. It gives you an idea of how little he wants to give up power. Yes. Like, good Lord. He's like, I can't be weak. Work legs. <laughs> for one moment in history, Vince McMahon was powerless. <laughs> So he sits there in the ring. He sits there in front of God and everybody. And I guess they decide on a finish then. Just restart the match, right? And so they restart. They kind of do what they did towards the end of the match anyway. And Batista just throws out Cena. No no shenanigans at all. And Batista has won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, Batista, yeah. Uh, well, Jake, let's start with you. What do you think about the match? It was long. Um, the this is, I mean, this is one of the the most iconic finishes to a Royal Rumble of all time, um, because of all the the craziness that went on. Um, but when when you talk about you know classic Rumble moments, who were our surprise entrants? We had Big Daddy V, who only we are excited about, and then we had Jonathan. <laughs> then we had Jonathan Coachman. So. Those are your surprises for the Rumble. Um, there was some needless hazing for the first five minutes, some forearms for about 45 minutes, and five minutes of action, and then the finish. So I'm going to go thumbs middle because the finish was kind of okay. But yeah, I for me, like this, this Rumble sucked. Um, but it... There's so, like the 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 bar has been dropped so far. I've just, I've this is a this is thumbs middle to me now. <laughs> Damn, this, this rumble hurt, Jake. Um, uh, for me, um, I don't know. I look at the as far as like the match, the rumble match. Uh, this when you, when you really look at it, it's not the most stacked or exciting rumble. Like not every rumble needs to have like a ton of surprises as long as it's good. And I think. Overall, there were like good moments and such. Um, nothing that would make the rumble itself like an all-timer, but you know, I wouldn't call this one near the worst at all. It's it was good. It was entertaining. It was fine. It was a fun rumble match for me. So uh, you know, I don't mind them. But uh, the ending, talking about the ending, like <laughs> it just. I don't know for something that was so spur of the moment and crazy and chaotic, like. Yeah, I give them credit because they they I think they pivoted real well um, just from the moment that they both fell out the ring like that was insane. Like that was absolute perfect timing to just the refs like, you know, raising the hands like it just felt like confusing. But to me, like in a good way, like in a way of like, what, what's going on? What's happening? You know, what's going to happen? 
And uh, my only complaint about the end was I wish they would have just like, you know, done a few more spots to make it kind of seem more like one of those things where it gets down to the final two and it's almost like they have a mini match. But considering like it's more rookie leaning Cena and Batista, I, I doubt they're that capable of doing it. And it was fine. Whatever. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, I say thumbs up as well. And I mean, taking what Jake said about his feelings towards Rumble matches, if you, if you can't appreciate a Rumble for, I guess, what it is, and you you can only see what you see, and it's four arms for 60 minutes, then mm-hmm. you're not going to like it. But I love the Rumble. It's one of my favorite matches. I look forward to it every year. And so I enjoyed this one. And gosh, the ending just, it takes you to another place, man. It really, it really took me back to 05. Mm-hmm. And... You know, wrestling being what it is, how everyone has to know what the finishes are months ahead of time as fans. The fact that, like, the way they pulled this off, you'd never know. You would never know that things went awry. Like, the only, like watching it, the only thing that you would say, like, oh, that didn't go as planned was when Vince came out and tore his quads and was just sitting down. <laughs> Yes, just him just sitting there. It's so weird. It's such a bizarre thing just to see. Big big dude, big powerful man just slide into a ring and then just be like, no, I want to sit on the floor. You come to me. But the craziest thing about that is, I haven't even said it, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when the match restarts, you notice the ring clears out. No one's in it except Cena and Batista. Huh? Vince McMahon being the madman he is walks to the back. Good God. Triple H, that when man. he uh, tore his man. quad, needed two men to carry him back. Kevin Nash, when he tore his quad, oh, <laughs> right there in the ring, <laughs> screamed like a baby. Vince walked because he needs power. What a freaking insane man. <laughs> He is truly... That blows my mind. Truly insane. He walks to the back as Batista walks on the road to WrestleMania in preparation. Who will he choose? Will he face JBL if he is the WWE champion or Big Show if he wins? Will he face Triple H? Who knows? But what we do know is Batista has won, and that was the Royal Rumble 2005. And I just want to say, man, thumbs way up. I loved this show. And I have not said that about a Ruthless Aggression pay-per-view in a long time. I loved it. I loved the matches. Uh, Beforehand, there was not a match on this card that I did not like in some way, shape, or form. And, man, highly recommend. Uh, Jake, what do you think about the show overall? Um, I liked the opening match. Um... I did not I like as much as you liked this show I didn't I didn't think very much of it was very good um, I think the Triple H Randy Orton match was long and boring I think the triple threat was alright I think Heidenreich and that match was crap and then Edge and Shawn Michaels was good so thumbs middle I guess but I, I didn't like this show. I, I was very bored by this show. Uh, real quick, I don't think this was in the Peacock version. In this uh, recap, I'm guessing that was kind of written around the time the Rumble happened, they mentioned that there's a WrestleMania commercial with 
Eugene as Forrest Gump that played during the com- that played during the pay per view? Yes. Um, I didn't see that. They did a lot of Hollywood vignettes leading up to WrestleMania. Anyways, and that was one of them. Uh, yeah, this show it's a it's weird. Uh, like looking at all the matches, like uh, you know the first match, hey thumbs up, woohoo! Everything afterwards. Um, it's just kind of like it's like good with some mix of kind of but I don't know even stuff like I just did not like like I didn't really care for the Andy Triple H thing uh, at least I could just ignore that whatever off. and uh, yeah I ended up enjoying the rumble like I don't know I, I feel like it's just it's just nice to have a show that even though it's flawed it's still to me good and that was just that was just a relief. Like, like, hey, it's a solid just pay-per-view, whoopity woo. And I enjoyed the rumble, left feeling in a good mood for once, and it was just it made me feel all nice. So, honestly, I, I, I'm not sure I would recommend the whole show, but for me, you know, I'll just give it a thumbs up. It's great. Atta boy. Give it, give it, give us some props. It's the best thing we've seen in a long time. For real, good. Eh? So that was the Royal Rumble 2005. Join us next time as we'll be reviewing No Way Out 2005. Ooh. And Jake, we know what the main event is, but tell us what can we expect from No Way Out 2005? No Way Out 2005 coming to you live in. Uh, Oh, that's actually called as part of the In Your House series. That's funny. Um, we've got... I've got to scroll down to it. We've got the Basham Brothers uh, defending their WWE Tag oh. Team Championships oh. against Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. We've got Booker T and Heidenreich in a singles match. Oh! We have the Cruiserweight Open with... Funaki, Akio, Paul London, Shannon Moore, Spike Dudley, and Chavo Guerrero. Ugh. Since we uh, haven't had uh, The Undertaker against somebody difficult to work with in a long time, we've got The Undertaker against Luther Reigns. Oh, no. And then tournament final match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Championship, John Cena will face Kurt Angle. Okay. That might be okay. worthwhile. Um, it does main event a show later this year for the Raw brand. The 2005 SmackDown Rookie Diva of the Year contest, hosted by Tori Wilson and Don Marie. <sighs> we will see Michelle McCool, Rochelle Lowen, Lauren Jones, and Joy Giovanni, who got a name check earlier in this show. Um, and in your main event, as you're aware, the barbed wire steel cage match. JBL and the Big Show. Not even a one-match show. I'm scared. Not even a one-match show. We might just power through that one. Oh my god! It's a no-match show. I'm scared, dude. I'm. They don't even have a. They don't even have a rumble at the end of it. That show's gonna net us 50 <laughs> listens. <laughs> but of course, you can follow us on social media. In the meantime of that episode, Jake, where can they follow you? Y'all can find me on my show with Alex and Jake. It's available at badfacts.info. 
Also, you can find me on Twitter at Crash Landis. Typically, I'm tweeting smarmy stuff that not a lot of people agree with, but I don't really care. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at RuthlessPod. You can follow us on TikTok at RuthlessPod. Facebook and YouTube, the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. And Instagram at Ruthless Aggression Podcast. A little bit of technical difficulties here, but you can follow Kyle at RuthlessPodKyle. He would love it if you gave him a follow. And of course, if you can't get enough of that ruthless goodness, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. And for as little as a dollar, it gets you access to show notes, news, and becoming a $5 Spagingle Squad tier member gets you access to bonus episodes, such as uh, reviews you won't hear anywhere else, past reviews that we did a long time ago that are not available, uh, such as WCW Sin. That's a good one. That's where uh, that's where the hot toddy. And of course, you get shouted out as well. So we want to shout out our Patreon or patrons, excuse me, Mr. Fretz, Nate the F and Great, Bipolar Llama, ADTR210, and Josh. And of course, this has been the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake, baby. And Kyle, I'll insert here at some point, reminding you to... Uh, uh, Folks, uh, can you stay ruthless for five damn minutes? Just stay ruthless.